0: You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week.
1: We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner.
0: Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus.
2: Welcome, everyone. I am Johnny Christ, and this is the Drinks with Johnny podcast. Thank you guys for being here on a Monday morning. Uh, it's been a crazy weekend. Um, I think, I'm sure most of you guys know who listen to the show, the regulars of the show, know that uh, one of our guests uh, from just a couple weeks ago, Trevor Moore, passed away suddenly on Saturday. Uh, or at least that's when I got the news. And um, I don't... Need to get too much into it right now. I have a lot to say about that. I'm gonna save that till after this podcast. In the utmost respect for Trevor and for Kelly Pavlik, who is this week's guest. I want to make sure that um, you know everybody's uh, being respected here, including my guest and, uh, and and my past guest and Trevor Moore. And so I'll just say at the top uh, to his family and friends and everyone who knew him very closely, uh, my heartfelt. Heartfelt, sincere condolences go out to you guys for your loss. Um, it was it, it, the the time that I had with him was was very, very brief, obviously, but uh, he's a great human being. I think I could uh, safe to say for me. Uh, I could I could speak more about that, and if that's what you uh, want to hear, uh, listen through to the end. I'll talk to you guys then. Um, but this week, my my guest is a uh, former middleweight champion of the world. Kelly Pavlik, amazing dude. Huge fan of the band. I'm a huge fan of his now, and I kind of always have been. He's he's a great boxer, and we just had a great conversation a couple weeks ago. Uh, this is that recording, and uh, we get into everything boxing, uh, everything that's going on now with the the the, the Paul brothers, Mayweather, um, man, Tyson, uh, Tyson Fury, and Mike Tyson. I mean, we get into everything boxing, and uh, this guy has been there. He's done that. He tells me all the stories about it, and I really uh, got a chance to pick his brain on a little bit of this. So I really appreciated his time. I hope you guys appreciate it as well. So uh, without further ado, I bring you my chat with Kelly Pavlik. What's up, everybody? I am Johnny Christ, and this is Drinks With Johnny. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode. I have another great motherfucking guest today. I'm joined by former middleweight champion of the entire fucking world, Kelly the Ghost Pavlik. How the fuck are you doing today, brother?
3: I'm doing great, man. Glad to be here. Honored to be on. I appreciate it. Appreciate dude, the opportunity, man.
2: Dude, uh, let's talk first about how long it's taken for us to actually have this chat, because I think like it was at least eight months ago that we, you and I started texting back and forth about uh, being on, coming on the show and having a chat. And, uh, <laughs>
3: yeah,
2: no, there was a lot of things
3: that went to because we were talking about certain fights that never yeah. got made, world of boxing. So you know we were supposed to talk about them, but they never came about. And so yeah, man. But we're here now. So,
2: and I'm excited that you're here now. And there are some exciting stuff in boxing. First, right off the bat, let's talk about how we first met, or actually, rather, how you met my other bandmates while I was fucking off somewhere, and when we were in your near your hometown of, of Youngstown, Ohio.
3: Yeah, man. So it was crazy. Um, I, I still kind of laugh about it to this day, but it started off, I, I ended up getting a call. The guy that, that ran the Covelli Center in Youngstown, so it's like a 7,000-seat arena, mm-hmm. um, he called and he was like, hey, I just got a call from Buck Cherry's um, tour manager or something, and they, they're big boxing fans and they're coming in. Um, they want to work out at your gym because they looked you up. I think Josh Todd.
2: Josh so Todd, So I was yeah. like, oh, man,
3: that's cool as hell. and but I was really in the mix of my career at that time i mean i, I was busy on a go all the time, and to be honest with you, I wasn't paying attention, but I you guys were playing with them, and my favorite band, <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, "I go, hell, yeah, you know and I, and I found out when they came there that you guys were playing so i I put them through a nice little workout in the morning, and then they, you know they were like, "Hey, you come to the show, you come backstage before the show, everything else and um Great guys. Love them to death. And, and but I, I remember um, talking, I kept saying to the uh, tour manager, I was like, Hey, can I get over to meet Avenged though? How about Avenged? And I felt kind of bad. Cause I was like saying one of the band members kind of like, I didn't know me. this
2: part. This is amazing. Yeah. I didn't know this whole part.
3: Yeah. And I was, that's uh, so all I was like, you know, wanting to do. And uh, finally I, I got a chance to come over to your guys' uh, room. Yeah. You weren't there. I mean, the, the, you know, I was going back through the pictures and, uh, but it was sinister and, and, and shadows and I knew how everything went. I mean, they they were busy and you guys were all getting ready, so I just kind of went in real quick, said hey, and, and then we left and went back up to our um, suites. And then you guys uh, called me out on stage, or Buck Cherry did. Buck Cherry had me out on stage, and you know, to see at Youngstown, it was definitely up to there. Man. I mean, I seen a lot of things, got a lot of big people, but that was uh, probably one of the, the coolest moments I had. So,
2: yeah, dude, I thought it was amazing. Like, I don't know where I was or what I was doing when you came back into the dressing room, but you showed you you texted me that picture the other day. And I was like, oh, dude, yeah. you got to text that. I lost it already. I didn't save it. You got to text it to me again so we could throw it up on this video here so everyone could see oh, how sure. long ago that was. But uh, that was, I mean, that was cool. Like, at the time, we just heard about you. Um, I mean, what year was that? That must have been like 2000. I think that was
3: either 08 or uh, I think it was definitely 08.
2: Yeah. And you—you you had we had heard from the grapevine and stuff that uh, you did some interviews and mentioned our name. And we were like, oh, that's badass. And then I, I then... And you were, you know, you were, this is 2008, so you were you were champion at the time, yeah?
3: Yeah, yeah, because I won the uh, title in 2007.
2: That's right, that's right. Um, and so we're hearing about this guy, Kelly Pavlik, and then lo and behold, we didn't know where you were really from. We didn't know it was Youngstown, and then someone at Buck Cherry was like, oh, yeah, he's out here. And we're like, oh, we just heard about this guy talking us up in the press, and this is awesome. We, sh- we should probably meet him and stuff, and then, you know. Yeah, you guys later. get a
3: lot of that. You got, I mean, shit, you got Virgil Ortiz Jr., who, you know, a uh, huge fan, and he's he's heavy into the music, too, so.
2: Yeah, he's a hell of a guitar player, too, man. I mean, he's an yeah. amazing boxer, uh, young young, young career, that's already, like, freaking awesome. I love that. Dude. You know,
3: Johnny, he, he's an awesome kid, just in general. I mean, you know, he, uh, your toughest dudes are the quiet ones that just go in and take care of business, and, and that's uh, Virgil right there, so.
2: Oh, dude! I we'll we'll get into him in a little bit. But we're we're gonna talk a little bit about more more about your career, your life. I know you got you got two kids. Um, uh, how old are they now?
3: So my daughter is 15 and the great age of 15, and my son is uh, 12, and uh, he's a diehard fan of you guys. And oh, awesome! Um, uh, yeah, I'll definitely um let him know about this. He already knows, so he's excited. But I'm out of town right now with my uh, buddy. We got business stuff, but um. Where are you? Yeah, I got now? Two in Vegas. Oh, okay, cool. So yeah, two two kids, and and they're involved. You know, my son, he, he likes the music, but uh, he's just getting into the sports too. He's finding his own with that, and uh, I I got him involved in the uh, jujitsu and, and wrestling too. So.
2: Oh, awesome! He's already going after it, man. I love it. Yeah,
3: I, I don't want to fight, and be honest with you. I mean, listen, I, I went through the career, and this uh, something I don't want him to do. And I told him if you could pick up the books and make money that way go ahead so
2: <laughs> yeah i mean I, I i hear that from a lot of a lot of combat sports guys like yourself um or combat fighting however you you, you know you you as a boxer but there's ufc mma jiu-jitsu kickboxing any of those sports um kind of have the same feeling i feel like about their kids like they don't necessarily what is it for you i mean aside from the obvious of like getting getting hurt out there in there um which is a concern parents would have for football too right but like yes. like what's the besides the main kind of obvious one of, you know, having them get hurt or possibly, you know, as some unfortunate things uh, have happened where guys go in comas and stuff. And uh, I heard you talk about that on the Joe Rogan experience about how it could have been a couple of weeks before they don't even realize it. And, you mm-hmm. know, all that kind of shit can happen. Is there anything else, though, outside of uh, physical health that 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 hinders you from wanting your child to uh, follow in your footsteps?
3: Yeah, um, really good uh, question on that because you know the obvious that we already just mentioned because that's that's the worst part. But you know you're in the entertainment business and and you know we just know how hard it is in general to to make it. Um, mm-hmm. Box is really a, a cutthroat business and it may be worse in, in uh, UFC or the MMA field. You know I don't I don't know too much on that. I just I'm friends with a couple of guys in the UFC, but I mean, I would imagine even in that the politics and just a lot of other things that, that go on that's involved with uh, combat sports, but boxing. I mean, first of all, you, you got a window this big, you know, to, to make it out of hundreds of thousands throughout the country or the world that are, that are boxing. And then with that being said, you know, everything's just a, an angle or some way of trying to get into the rankings or you know, I was fortunate coming out of the um, amateurs where, they, you know, boxing kind of has scouts out there and they see me and I was, I was doing really good in the amateurs. And uh, so I was able to sign with a promotional company, but even then when you sign with a promotional company, I mean, I don't guarantee you anything and, you know, it don't take long for them to, to make you a journeyman or a bait, you know, to throw out to the good fighters. So it's hard. And, and there's always, you know, my career actually, it was five or six years into my career before, mm-hmm. I really started making big-time TV. You know, I was fighting a lot on the Spanish Channel and some of the smaller stations. So it's just hard, and, and it's not guaranteed to anybody. And, and somebody like my son, um, you know, he could go out there in the amateurs and tear it up and then and, and turn around as a pro and, you know, not be worth shit in the pros, you know? And yeah. it's just... I know it sounds horrible people going why would you say that with your son but it's you know i'm, I'm a realistic and it's just a, a very hard sport to make it and and even if you do got the talent sometimes you know if things don't fall right in a place like they're supposed to you can miss that opportunity
2: yeah and could you talk a little bit about the sacrifices it takes to uh to get there like not just not just the politics like as you mentioned or you know getting a look or anything like that but in order to get those looks, in order to get those things, like, what are some of the... I mean, I heard you started uh, boxing when you are about nine years old. That's a long time to be working on a craft, you know. I, I, I mean, I, a lot of musicians like myself started, you know, around the same age, maybe nine, 12 years old, somewhere in that vicinity. And, and you know, so I guess there's a kinship there. But, I mean, as far as, like, uh, sacrifices, what, what kind of sacrifices do you have to make? I mean, your childhood, your teenage years, your girlfriends, wives, whatever, you know. There's a lot of things that I... I think uh, a lot of people want to hear about like that time and that commitment you have to put in to even get a chance of, you know, a fraction of a chance to uh, be seen.
3: Absolutely. Um, You know, I I was involved in sports, you know, boxing, they call it the poor man's sport. And and it's true, you know, um, with me, I had great parents, you know, um, they really did everything possible to make sure we had, but you know, money was, was really tight. You know, you just didn't have it. And, and I knew at a young age, that was kind of boxing could be my way out, you know? Um, and, and that was one of the big things, but I also just fell in love with the the sport itself. And early on I was playing football, baseball, all them different things. And I was boxing and I was doing good in all the sports, but you know, I just kept leaning more towards the boxing and I would say right around 15, I got, I got serious in it, you know, and that was my passion. And, uh, I started putting the work in and, and things and results started happening. You know, I started winning national tournaments and if I wasn't winning a national tournament, I was coming in second place.
2: How old were and, you when you uh, won your first, how old were you when your first was, national uh, title? 16. 16 years old. Shit, right at man. the
3: end, 15, 16. It, it's been some time now, but yeah, yeah right <laughs> I got gotcha. you. So.
2: I'm not going to hold you yeah. to the date. I'm not going to yeah. hold you to the yeah.
3: date. <laughs> please, please don't. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but you know, and, and that's when, I knew like the one thing I could say that was the smartest thing I did was say, "Hey, this is it. You know, this is my, this is my future. And, uh, so even at that age coming from, you know, a city and, and not having the money money really wasn't the biggest part at that age. Cause you don't know finances at that point. You don't know financial security, no. you know, no. um, you just know, like, and I'm sure you guys, being fans of, of music and, and being involved in it. You had your favorite bands poster up and stuff like that. Absolutely. And I was actually yeah, sure. telling the story the other day, like I'd be in a study hall and I would have my, my textbook in there. Well, they used to have USA boxing magazines for the amateurs and they would have all the rankings. And I would put that little magazine aside my textbook and in a study hall, I would just read the USA boxing magazine, you know, the entire time. And I would get hollered at at least two or three times a week for it. But, um, uh, that's all, that's where my mind was at. You know, it wasn't in the books. Um, I was daydreaming about winning nationals and turning pro and winning world titles. And, and, uh, you know, I put the work into it, but the sacrifices that came with it, hell yeah. You know, when I started getting to 15, 16 and and it was serious, you know, we'd be away sometimes five days at a time. So you're actually gone seven days, you know, you'd be at tournaments stuck in a dorm room in, in Colorado Springs at the Olympic training center. Um, your friends are at home having fun, going out with their buddies, but you're stuck in a room training, starving yourself at a young age so because you, you had to make weight every day. Yeah, And that went on. And then, of course, you turn pro. You know, I turned pro at 18. Um, I signed a contract. I was still in high school, and I was fortunate yeah. to make my pro debut on ESPN2. But, um, you know, it was summertime. Kids had graduation parties. Kids were, you know, the last couple of months of school, kids were going to prom and homecoming. I wasn't going to those, you know, I, I was away at tournaments and, and when I was home, uh, I'll never forget, like, uh, our prom, kids were coming after, after dinner or after uh, prom to have dinner at the restaurant where I was busting tables, you know, just so I could get enough money to have something to eat on the tournaments.
2: Shit, man. That's not yeah. right. and, and did, did you end up, how, how did you, or did you end up graduating high school? I asked the question because I did not. And, I'm, and, and I, I wonder if you, when you're putting in that much time and effort at a young age, and you, as you said, you're putting the books on a side note, right? You're putting all that yeah. shit on a side note. Uh, how did, did you graduate? And if you did, how did you manage it?
3: <laughs> I graduated by the skin of my teeth. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I did. You know, I, I, some of the teachers at the school I went to, they, they were a little lenient and they understood, it. you know, of course. I was a protege coming out of their school, you know. So they they yeah. wanted to see me succeed, and um, so a handful of times, not much a rarity, but they would send me with homework, or if I came back and just did what needed to be done, where they could, you know, pass me. Um, you know that that was a big thing. My parents still try to stay on me with the the school work, but uh, it was hard. It really was. I mean. You know, but but I did it and I got through. And nice. um, I think the biggest part was, you know, the last two years of my school, I went to a, a vocational school. A lot of kids did that at trade school.
2: Oh, know, trade so, school, and, yeah, yeah.
3: And um, you know, that that kind of helped too. I made it a little easier. But I took graphic arts, and, which if I wanted to ever go back to that now, thank God I don't have to. But I wouldn't know what to do. You know, I was 20 years ago, so
2: yeah. yeah. Well lots changed mm-hmm. in graphic arts, I could tell you oh, that.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't Just know that a... shit,
2: man. All this stuff right now is going to have all this graphic art and stuff all around it when we put it up on YouTube. Thank God, I've got a good friend who knows what the fuck he's doing
3: oh, yeah <laughs> I, I, the one thing I remember about my my senior year in that class, so there was actually we had a rock group that they were actually pretty good at high school band, and you know mm-hmm. we'd go watch their concerts, but they used to go in a black room. No, I don't think that anybody has black rooms anymore, but they would go in there and you know smoke up and and uh have fun in there and I remember they closed that down pretty quick
2: what do you mean wait they you keep saying they and you and the, school, part of, the yeah, teachers the teachers did yeah no the teachers were blazing at your school
3: no the kids the the rockers the oh okay my yeah, yeah, class yeah. yeah they used that black room to go in and smoke and, they and how would you us. know
2: that Kelly Kelly how would you oh, know you
3: could smell that <laughs>
2: I'm just I know, I'm trying I, to find out if you partook, man. What, did, you, did you partake in that room or what? Uh, I, I
3: was a good boy. Um, I, I did my, my bad part was uh, chewing tobacco in school, you know. That okay. Was, uh, I mean, I figured if I, got, I had enough going on, I didn't need to get in trouble or get suspended. I already missed enough school.
2: Yeah. I, was that, I mean, at least you were smart enough to do that because, I mean, yeah, I, I wasn't. I, I was doing all that shit in high school. I would have I been right there with those kids in the black room.
3: So what? Look where you're at now
2: still doing the same shit.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's successful as hell. So, yeah. <laughs>
2: I got lucky as hell, man. You you we talked about that at the very beginning here. I mean, that's there's such a amount there's such a huge amount of luck that goes into being successful like you yourself and I it would, we can attest to this and let everyone know. Like, I mean, I I just had this conversation with uh, my nephew, he's 16, I believe, he's and he wants to be a musician and I I, t- I, had the, I had to have the talk with him, you know? We, we sat down and drove the car around, and I was like, dude, here's the deal. You got to have some sort of backup plan. If it's still music, that's your passion, that's great, you know? I mean, it's not the same as, like, a combat sport, obviously. I'm, you know, I'm not okay. like... But I still, you still want to let him know, like, hey, you can, you can fucking work 24 hours a day at becoming a musician, a successful musician, and that's just to give you a, this much of a chance to make it. You know, like, yeah. and that all that preparation is just for you to be ready for the luck that might happen, you know?
3: No, you're 100% right. I mean, you know, I've watched some of your guys' uh, documentaries coming up, you know, at the beginning, and you guys talking about being piling in the van, going from city to city, tour to tour, and, and trying to make it and, you know, sending out flyers and, and stuff like that. And and it's the same. I mean, very different, obviously, but, but the same kind of uh, road. I mean, in boxing... There's a lot of guys who are not signed by a promoter that are sending video, film to, to promoters trying to get picked up, which would be like a, a record label. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, there's just a lot that goes into it. And, and it is the, the percentage of people that could make it. It sucks because there's some talent out there that never gets seen. Absolutely. That makes worse, you know, so it is it's a small window, man. And people don't realize that. And sometimes you got to be brutally honest with them. And, uh, you know, they may have a little animosity, like, well, you made it, but, you know, it, it is. But a lot of that also is luck. But a lot of it's hard work and, and commitment and um, resilience, you know, um, just staying with it.
2: Yeah, man. I, I watch, uh, I watch uh, Max Kellerman, who I'm sure you're familiar with, it being in HBO Boxing and everything over the years. And he has this thing on First Take where he says every once in a while, uh, uh, luck is the residue of the ready. So you've got to be ready for, that, for that, uh, that lightning bolt to strike. But it might not happen. You could you could toil over that your whole life, and it might not happen. I'm actually a little surprised to hear that it is. the same way in boxing, because just in this respect, because in music, as you said, there's so you could have guys that are just shredders, there's such talented fucking musicians that no one will ever hear, and uh, and it's insane. In and you know, I I know some of them. I grew up with some of them, and I was not out of my group of friends. I was not the best musician. But I was the one who, who, who got lucky and, and, and took this road to success in, in music. So in that respect, I'm a little surprised in a sporting or a contact sport. If there is that talent that, that doesn't get discovered, like how often is that? Is it as often as I might think? or because it just seems like there's got to be gyms and stuff going around, and like if you see a talent at that level, you just you got to try it, you know, I don't know.
3: Yeah, you know, it, there is and there ain't. Um, so, yeah, you still get the guys, like I mentioned, you know, they send their videos and their fight tapes or sparring to promoters. And and I would say 97% of the time a promoter will pick up a, a guy. If, if a guy has that, that much of a chance of becoming a world champion, a promoter will take him because, believe it or not, promoters lose their ass off, too, throughout the year in boxing
0: kind okay. of trying to
3: get their young uh, contenders and, and prospects fights and getting them lined up. Um, and then they kind of wait for those one or two big fights a year. And if, and if a promoter got a guy like Mayweather or Pacquiao, they do really good at the end of the year. Um, so, it, But it is hard. I mean, uh, and a, a promoter will take you. But again, some guys fly under the radar. And, you know, and some of them are uh, good enough to probably win a world title or if not win a world title, at least make some cash in a sport, you know, because that's another thing. Like in boxing, you don't really start making money. You could even be a world champion. Don't guarantee you to be a millionaire, you know? So um, you see some of the lighter weight classes, them guys really don't make a lot of money at all, you know? And, and then as higher you get, if you're not a big draw and you're not putting asses in the seats, you're probably not going to get that, you know, that big, huge payday. So,
2: yeah. It, and I mean, you could be a, to that point, correct me if I'm wrong, you could be a guy that's not a world champion, that's getting more money than the champion in your division because you're a bigger draw, right?
3: Absolutely. You you had guys like Mickey Ward who ended up fighting Gotti and then had those big fights with Gotti. And I can guarantee you after the third fight with Gotti, he could have fought anybody and people were gonna pack into the, the arena to see him fight because of the type of fight that he puts on. You know, he's just yeah. an action packed. Um knock him down and and the more you knock him down, the matter he gets. So
2: It's crazy. And, well, Another thing I I wanted to talk about, let's just get into the fucking boxing, what's going on uh, today now. Now, we've we've touched a little bit about uh, your your growing up in in the boxing world, and we'll get back to some of that, but uh, I think it's a perfect time. You said we were talking about guys in undercards and stuff, and we mentioned a little bit of the UFC, and we were texting back and forth about uh, UFC 264 that just happened two weeks ago now. One of the guys, and I bring this up because it was fucking awesome. The green headed dude, Chris Monteno. I can't, I, I'm butchering his name, I'm sure. Um, it's Green Mohawk, dude. I will buy every card that guy is on because his tenacity of just walking forward and taking the beating from, uh, what's is, uh, uh, No. I forgot
3: I've seen the, the highlights of that fight and I've seen him fight before.
2: Dude, kid's awesome. He took the fight in like 11 days' notice and just. Was like, I'm just going to walk forward. And, and he kept talking shit, too. It was amazing. Yeah. So, you,
3: and just combat alone, I mean, somewhere up here, you're not right.
2: <laughs> if that's your,
3: <laughs> you know, and I hate to say it. I mean, yeah, it was my career, too. But, uh, you know, some of us, we, you ask us to jump out of an airplane or go ziplining, we may say, no, you're crazy. But it's all weird. It's a different than and Rush. And so, yeah, but. Then there's some times where you see certain guys fight and you go, What the fuck is he thinking? You know, like, <laughs> dude, and
2: he was I, taking that guy dude, he yeah. was taking shots to the face of the dome, like full on kicks, everything. And, it and taking would 11 not go days down. notice,
0: not, yeah. not
3: knowing that you're not fully prepared for this guy that you're going in front of. You ain't have much time to watch film on him or see what he does wrong, right? And you just to go into that at that magnitude is ballsy. I mean, there's something. He's, he's wild.
2: I want to see him in every single fight now. I just want to see. I was, I was rooting for him, though. Like at the beginning, I was like, oh, this guy's way out of his league. I didn't know the backstory, I hadn't heard anything. So I was just like, this guy clearly is out of his league. This is going to be a quick fight. And it just kept going round after round. And, and each time I found myself like, like like I was watching Rocky 3 or Rocky 4 and it was like he ain't getting tired he's getting mad and I'm just like waiting for like that moment where he like he finally finds this one opening cuz it's just amazing shit right you do what, like yeah. I think it's just human nature that you want to see something crazy like I love watching uh combat sports like boxing and UFC for the technical aspect of it too like I'm a, I'm still a novice I I, I don't pretend to To really Mm -hmm. know all the ins and outs of what's going on. But I like I I, I know enough to kind of get the technical side of it. So I really enjoy that as well. But I'd be lying if I didn't if I said like I really care about the spectacle. I'm all about the spectacle.
3: No, absolutely. I mean, listen, you got diehard baseball fans that go to every baseball game, but believe me, they like seeing three or four home runs knocked out in a game, you know? Right, right. And and uh, so that is that's just a part of, of human nature, the barbaric like even if you're not a fighter, you just like seeing that, you know what I mean? And uh, so it is a part of you. And I have to do that sometimes on, on our podcast. You have people that go, Well, all he does is run and, and he don't want to fight. And we say, Well, the name of the sport's not knockout, you know, it's <laughs> boxing the sweet science. So people are going to have their styles. But yeah, sometimes, and, and I'll be the first to tell you, I, I got to watch some of these fights. Um, I haven't recently. We took a little break on the podcast, but when when we were covering fights, Man, it, it was torture though sometimes because you would get some boring fights. Like being a fighter, yeah, I, I respect the technical part of it, the technicality, but I'm waiting for a knockout or I'm going, okay, well, you just knock them out already so I, we can move on to the next one. And uh, so it does happen. Even if you are a fighter and, and that's what you did your entire um, life, yeah, sometimes you just want to get past that part and see, see that brutal knockout. and It sucks, but I just think that's uh, human nature.
2: I say it just being completely honest as 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 a spectator of the sport. That's just how it is. But you know, I, I, you did mention your podcast. It's the the punchline, right? And you guys are covering all the boxing matches of today and stuff. And that's really that's it's awesome. We'll get back to that in a second. But on yeah. this on this note, real quick, I just want to ask to your memory, like what's what's one of those spectacle fights that you remember? Like maybe as a young kid, or like what's the fight that you were just like, holy shit, that spectacle that that was just amazing, like. The energy, whatever it was, what was that fight for you?
3: Man, I would have to honestly say probably the Mickey Ward a fight. Okay. And if you haven't seen that, Johnny. I go have back it, I
2: haven't. I'm gonna to i I'm yeah. gonna go check this out now.
3: Um a was known as a, a Guts and Warrior uh, type fighter. Uh Mickey Ward w- was known as a guts and uh gory glory type fighter, ballsy. Um and as I said before, you know, they're one of them guys. You may have an easy fight, but the minute you drop them, they're going to get up and now you got a fight on your hands. You know, they just fought until um, they couldn't walk no more. And uh, so I watched that fight and that really, I would say I was probably 16 or 17. And uh, it was just an amazing fight. And I'll never forget, I was down with my grandma's because we didn't have HBO. So we went down, my, my grandmother, she had it, and uh, we watched a fight down there. And I mean, I was jumping up and down, and you know, she's like, "Lay down, damn it!" And uh, <laughs> it, it, yeah, it, it was um, it was one of those fights, and I still I still go back sometimes on, on YouTube and just pull that fight up and watch it. It was it was amazing, you know. It wasn't the greatest fight um, as far as showing her um, natural ability or, or technical technical skills. Um, a lot of that shit went out the window, uh-huh. and they just they just fought and they went back and forth and. You know, you mentioned Rocky, and, and that's the closest thing that I've seen to a Rocky movie. Um, oh, God. It was
2: a fight, so I'm so fucking in. I'm, I'm definitely going to check this out. As soon as we're done with this chat, I'm fucking checking it out, and I'm going to text you about yeah. it. We, we mentioned Rocky and stuff. A perfect segue here. What are some of your favorite? I mean, is Rocky in the, in the top five, or which, which, which Rocky, rather, is in the top five for all-time boxing movies? I just watched Creed 1 and 2. I've watched both of them. A couple of different times, but the first times I've watched them has always been on a plane. I don't know why. I just like they're on like that list when I'm flying. And I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm gonna have a glass of wine and watch Creed. And those movies are amazing to me, by the way. So I mean, I want to hear from you, like, as as a as a professional, as you know, a world champion, a fucking world champion in the sport, um, with forty knockouts. Uh, I'm sorry, thirty-four knockouts, forty wins, only two losses. That's an incredible fucking record, Kelly. So for yeah. you, like you'd be an official, you're living the life, right? So for you, what's what's like, do you watch boxing movies? Do they touch you in a certain way? I do. And it's
3: hard sometimes. Don't get me wrong. I mean, martial art movies, I think, do a little better because some of the guys actually know martial arts. And some of these boxing movies, are kind of hard. Um, you know, I just seen the, the two creeds that. Actually watched them with my son uh, before I came out here, nice. and uh, I haven't seen them. And but I have watched, you know, obviously the Rockies over and over. If you're close to 40 years old or 40, and you haven't seen the Rockies, you, you had to be under a rock. But um, <laughs> you know, I would say Rocky three and four. I won't lie, Rocky one and two was kind of boring to me. Rocky four, probably my favorite because I think the um, you know the, the soundtrack to the movie, which everybody. Yes. Did, yes. <laughs> You know, you gotta love the soundtrack. Um, the Russian, the, the training camp with uh, Rocky, which actually, believe it or not, I, I for my fights, I, I took some of that and, and used it.
2: Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, how whoa. much? How much of it? You going out? You going out into the fucking snow?
3: Wasn't it, was, was it in Russia and, and, and ten feet of snow. No, but I, I was in Youngstown. And I did the sledgehammer, you know, with the tires pushing pushing uh, vehicles around the parking lot. You lifting, so,
2: you, mm-hmm. Did you put some of your boys in, in a in a barrel and lift it over your head? Oh, so I,
3: maybe I will retract that a little bit. What exactly? <laughs> no, I know
2: that movie way too well, Kelly. I'm like, I could yeah. run that montage in my brain right yeah. now.
3: <laughs> I mean, sometimes I wish I would have had the Russians, uh, Ivan Drago's, you know, training camp because he had the old All technology, that tech. and All that nice tech. and warm. But um, no, but I did the old functional strength training, you know, like no weights, but pushing hard stuff and and sledgehammer and tires. So But, um, yeah, Rocky IV, that was kind of, and I was young, you know, when I seen that movie. And uh, I remember I would take, so the part in Rocky IV when Ivan Drago was punching that machine. Yeah. um, Recorded his power and the uh, force of his punches. They had these little things when I was a kid that used to like to learn math. You push the buttons in and it would tell you the the equation and everything else. So I would punch that, pretending that it was that pad in in Rocky IV, you know. I was like (laughs) 8, 10 years old. Um, So that movie, I would have to say Rocky Four, because just from childhood, that that was the age I was at where I really started liking that movie. And then obviously when I started boxing at a young age.
1: Oh, what's going on, everyone? Brando here. Haven't been around for a while because I am busy. You know, I'm working five jobs to feed ten kids. And when it comes to dinner, I'm just looking for an easy way out. But there is a great thing that I have found to make my day a little easier. Factor meals. Right now, I've got a black pepper and sage pork chop. I'm gonna eat it right here on air with you because I want you to hear in real time how good this thing really is. So it's got a nice little sauce on it, nice grill marks, like this thing is ready to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, 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 shoot. This is some quality quality pork right here. The nice thing is, it's healthy. The amount of protein in this meal is broken down for me on the side of the package. I don't even have to worry about it. I know once I eat this whole thing, my macros are gonna be imbalanced. This is, this is what I need to get. This is good. Oh my God. It took two minutes for me to microwave this thing. All I had to do was sign up. Meals get shipped right to my house every week. They have a wide selection to choose from. Dude, they had dual crusted chicken. They had chili. If you wanna check it out? Head over to factormeals.com with j 50 and use code DRINKSWITHJ50 to get 50% off. That's code DRINKSWITHJ50 at Factormills.com slash DRINKSWITHJ50 to get 50% off. Yeah, I know. It's a mouthful. But so is this meal. So I'm going to keep eating it because, man, this is good. Um, so, yeah, Rocky, you know you
3: had a, a movie that came out. I was a kid when I seen it. And it was out before I was born, uh, The Champ. Sad movie, but you know, I like that one. Um, and then you know, you had the gladiator that came out back in the day with uh Cuba Gooden Jr. So mm-hmm. you know, Streets of Gold, there was a bunch of good uh boxing movies, but you know, the obvious is Rocky, so I, I have to go with Rocky because Rocky helped out boxing.
2: Oh, yeah, I mean, it kind of made, made it. I I don't know, I mean, it was already big to be honest, especially in the 70s with the first ones, but like yeah. through through the 80s, I think. I think I mean it's kind of case in point like you're you're talking about being a kid watching Rocky 4 and later you become a world champion. You know so I mean like yeah. it, it definitely had some inspirational thing and the fucking soundtrack you nailed it. Uh, the the debate for me and my friends is always between Rocky 4 and Rocky 3. You know Rocky 1 and 2, I agree with you a little bit. There's less fighting in them. They're more of a drama than they are about yeah. a boxing movie at the beginning. I think still It was well of planned of- out. They made it more of a for to set the
3: storyline of of the Seven
2: or eight Rockies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which I love. I love when they do that shit. I just went and saw the, the latest Fast, Fast and the Furious movie. I love just ridiculous stuff, just letting the story just keep going for yeah. whatever. And then back to that one, though, like the soundtrack is unbelievable. We had an argument with Mike Portnoy when he was in the, when he was uh, toying with us. He's like, no, 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 it's Rocky 3. We're like, no, dude, the soundtrack, it's Rocky 4. So you mean that 80s shit? And we're like, Fuck yeah! This song's yeah. a rad. <laughs> yep.
3: Hell yeah! Um, I mean, it's hard not to get pumped up if you're if you're working out or if you're you know just at a regular fitness gym working out. And as soon as you hear a Rocky IV song uh, soundtrack come on, you know you just got to get pumped up. It's Dude, every time. Yeah. Rocky III wasn't bad, but Rocky IV was was the best.
2: Yeah, well, I mean the the highlights of Rocky III though was you know Thunder Lips, Hulk Hogan, and Mr. T. You know, those those two characters right there kind of man, puts it right up there with it. But I agree with you. Rocky yeah. Floor overall.
3: <laughs> I guess they got a new one coming out that's supposed to be Clever Lang's son from what I'm hearing. Oh, oh. snap. That's, that's what I'm hearing through the grapevine. So, um, I mean, that, that could be interesting.
2: Have you ever been hit up? I don't know why I just thought of this, but have you ever been hit up for like any of these boxing movies for like, you know, a lot of times they do like research and they they want to like, Learn some realness about some shit, and like maybe we'll bring in a, a someone who really does it. like some like we said in the mar- mixed martial arts or they bring in they bring in uh, martial artists for these guys and show them how to throw kicks and everything like that. I mean, you're retired now. Have you ever thought about that, or have you ever been reached out for, for that stuff?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's common. I mean, Antonio Tarver, who was uh, the former late heavyweight world champion and a buddy of mine, he actually played in Rocky Six, uh, Rocky Balboa. Mm. And he was, you know, the fighter in that. Um, No, the only thing right now, you see that they're having the Legends League. Yeah. And and a lot of these guys. So I've been asked about that. I got a buddy who was a former world champion. Um, They want me to get a hold of Logan Paul because I covered Logan and Jake Paul's fights, you know, um, a couple months ago in April. Yeah. And uh, they want to kind of, like, put these together. So, And they asked me if I wanted to fight in that, and I said, hell no. I go, the only thing I'm coming back to is... The buffet line at the Chinese restaurant, you know, <laughs> uh, I don't give a shit who they want to put me in there when I'm done fighting. But yeah, as far as yeah. the movies, um, not, nah, you know, because really not many boxing movies do come out a lot. You know, you yeah. think you get more, more martial art movies than you do boxing. But uh, it would be, you know, maybe one day if they come out with one, it'd be kind of
2: cool. If I ever make uh-huh. a boxing movie, I'm going to ask you for your expert uh, to be an expert on the set. Um, don't hold your breath, oh, yeah. though. I, I don't know if I'm ever making a movie. <laughs> you just never know. I didn't know I was ever sure. going to do a fucking podcast, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you mentioned uh, some of the stuff that's going on right now in boxing. Uh, you know, I, I saw on your Instagram a couple weeks ago, you were hanging out with Jake Paul, I believe. I get the two of them mixed up. I, I apologize. It's no disrespect. Uh, I think it,
3: no, it was that when Jake fought uh, Ben Askren I think. And, okay. And uh, yeah, I was at uh, Logan, Logan Paul. Logan. I get them mixed up still.
2: <laughs> I apologize no disrespect to the guys I mean I want yeah. I'm curious to see uh what you how you feel about it I mean we'll get to the legends thing in a second because I I watched that uh Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. fight we'll talk about that but uh a lot of there's mixed there's mixed feelings about them I'm, I'm hearing you know uh I'll, I'll go ahead and talk about how I feel about it first I think that they're you know they might be obnoxious in some respects and stuff like that but the attention that they're bringing to some of these to to boxing i mean we were just talking about rocky i mean that's a movie that brought attention to to boxing world and it didn't get the flack that it that you know these kids are getting you know 40 years later trying to do you know just trying to be themselves and they're they're genuinely interested in the sport and their clout is bringing young audiences to watching fights so i think that's a positive now i i understand why People get upset who don't understand what they're doing in the ring. It's like, okay, yeah, but uh, Mayweather told you it was going to be an exhibition. He said he's retired from boxing, not from entertainment. You, like, everyone's like, oh, I wanted to knock him out and stuff. I'm like, first of all, he's outweighed by like 60 pounds. He ain't really going to knock him out. I mean, I'm sure he could. He's fucking Mayweather, one of the greatest of all time. But I mean, he's... That's not what his M.O. is. So why the fuck is everyone expecting him to knock the kid out? And I'm just like, no, we're going to go out there. It's going to be entertaining. It's going to be fun.
3: So I agree with you a thousand percent. I think you hit it right on the head. Um, and if you got a little time limit on, on the show or not, but I can break down. No, let's <laughs> go. man. No, no, no. I'll, get, I'll get a little pissed off about it. The too, only timeline.
2: Hey, Kelly, I'll let you know right now. The only timeline we have is for you. This is your show right now. As long as you want to talk, I'll be here for you.
3: Sweet, man. That, that rocks. Um, so, But real quick, before I get into that, um, you know, on the rant, uh, you're going back to Logan and Jake Paul. So it was funny when I was covering that fight because they're they're originally from Ohio, too. And uh, I'll never forget this. My daughter, obviously, she's 15. She's a diehard uh, Logan Paul and Jake Paul fan and all that. So I'm with them, and we're actually at at the after party. And um, I, I don't like going up, you know, to people. I really don't. You know, you guys were like one of the very few that the highlight, you know, I got, I talked to the Ohio state team before Michigan, all this, and the highlight was, was you guys. But um, so I don't like bothering other people. Cause I kind of like been there and, you know, and had that done. So, but she kept going, dad, let it just, let me meet him. Like, he's like right behind you. And she go, and I go, Sid, which one is that again? And she's like, dad, you were just covering his fight. I was like, if I don't fucking pay attention. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, watching, know? I'm watching
2: the fight. I know, I'm yeah, checking I out his know. face.
3: Um, I don't follow him. But with that being said with them, um, as you said, people got to know that that's an exhibition. You know, um, a lot of these diehard boxing fans get pissed, and, and I just don't understand it. And then sometimes I hear him say, well, they shouldn't be making that amount of money. Well, why shouldn't they? Why shouldn't they? Everyone's putting the asses in a seat, right?
2: That goes back to our earlier conversation, right? They, they mm-hmm. have the draw. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you might be a better technical boxer. There's better bass players out there in the world than me, but they don't have the draw. I mean, that's well, just the okay, so reality. Here's exactly how
3: to put it. It'd be like you guys on tour, and you go to this Coliseum, and you're playing, and you guys literally bring 85,000 people into that arena, right? Mm-hmm. And these bands are coming up, and they're working to get uh, recognized, but the band that opens up for you who nobody heard of, and they brought three people there, make the same amount as you. You guys, uh, people would be like, what the hell, you know. I agree
2: with that. Uh, Yeah, that would be fucked up.
3: And the same with me. It'd be like, if I'm I'm fighting and I bring 75,000 people and my opponent brings 400, but yet he's going to make only $20,000 less than me, I got a problem with that, you know. Um, So that's the big thing. People have to understand that. Boxing, you have guys like, for instance, I'll use this as an example. There's a fighter who, who's totally gifted in, in boxing. He's a world champion. His name's Vasily Lomachenko.
2: Oh, yeah. And, uh, I'm familiar.
3: Yeah, he could fight. So we cover his fights all the time in New York, and he fights at Madison Square Garden. But he fights in a small arena. Now, I know a lot of boxing people are going to get mad at me, and I don't give a shit. But he fights in a 2,000-seat arena. So why is that? Because that's all he could really bring to the, the table. This is a world champion. Yeah. So if the boxing fans don't want to tune into these fights and, and help the ratings and everything else, then what the hell are you getting pissed about? Let these guys bring seventy five thousand. They may bring a crossover fan, you know, they may bring somebody to the sport that usually wouldn't watch it. And guess what? That's what helps the sport. So quit the bitching. If you don't know it's an exhibition, then you probably shouldn't be watching boxing.
2: Right. <laughs> so
3: you know what I mean? And just let the guys they're not going in there, you know, they're fighting ex basketball players and and MMA That guys. one was brutal, though. I <laughs> want to ask
2: you about that one. Mm-hmm. I, I don't mean to cut you off, because I agree with you. I think we covered that. If, if you got another point on that? Yeah, well,
3: I, I, the one that where he knocked the guy out, what was his name, Robinson or something? No,
2: Nate Robinson. But before, before we get into that, I just want to make sure you got, your, you got what you wanted to say out about, about Oh, yeah. You know no, that. I got it. I, yeah. I don't mean to we're interrupt. Just, but we're just no, a that's of fine. Friends. It
3: would have <laughs> been me just bitching about the same thing a little bit more. but. So.
2: <laughs> well, that's what we're here for, Kelly. Yeah, no, but, but that was Nate Robinson. I'm a huge basketball fan. I'm a huge basketball fan. Mm-hmm. That's, that's actually – I played football in high school, um, believe it or not. And, uh, and then that was the sport I played, but the sport I love watching is basketball. So I'm very familiar with Nate Robinson. Shorter stature, like myself, we always got to boost each other up for that. I mean, he's still – Still taller than me, but he looks really tiny out there on the court. Yeah, he does. <laughs> but like, uh, but to to that point, like, I was like, oh, okay, he's an athlete. Man, you could just see. I, I felt bad for him because I was like, who did he hire to train him to do that? That was like, that, that's not even, that's not even fighting knowledge. That that was like, I didn't know what the hell his trainer told him to do, or if he just didn't listen to it, or what the hell happened. What do you think about that? Because he just came forward and just got nice ass knocked out.
3: Yeah, th- th- that's a good question, actually, man, um, because Jake Paul, from my knowledge and what I've heard, Jake Paul and Logan Paul, I mean, they've been, they've been in a boxing game for a little while. Not- a few years,
2: according to them. I've seen them on first take and stuff. It's been a few years they've been training.
3: Exactly. So, I mean, you know, experience-wise, I don't mean nothing in boxing. They're they are far from experience, but right. they've been in the gym. Nate Robinson has been on a basketball court. Um, so... Was the fight still kind of fair? I've seen worse. I've seen worse with sanctioned fighters. You know, I've seen worse matchups than that with two guys that box. Um, really? But um, yeah. I mean, it's crazy. But so, but it was brutal. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe that's the lesson. You know, you put that saying: you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. So maybe uh, Robinson realized that. Uh, you know, and it could have been a lot worse if it was somebody else. And that's the one thing that that I don't worry about. But that may happen in boxing. You know. My my idea is this is that Jake Paul and Logan Paul, they could fight a little bit, I, I would call them novice boxers, and um, they're just a hell of businessmen businessman making money. Yeah, I think they're going to eventually, they'll get a little too, um, their ego's going to get a little too big or they get a little too cocky, and they are going to run into somebody who, that's their living, is, is the boxing, and uh, it could be Nate Robinson in reverse, so um, those are one, that's a couple of things that could happen, but Uh, Yeah, the Nate Robinson, you know, hopefully these commissions, these state commissions don't allow these fights and don't pass some of them unless they're a little more equal.
2: Yeah, I mean, it wasn't, I I agree with the equal part of it and everything you just said, but I I meant more like uh, from your boxing mind, like, What do you think they were, I mean, he had trained a little bit before it. So what do you think, who who was in his corner and what would, what would you have told him differently knowing that he doesn't really have much of a chance? So like, what do you do? What would you do with a fighter like that? He's taking the fight already. So
3: great point. Um, we have a lot of things, you know, there's a thing that they call um, high school tournament KO drugs that they hold on in the Youngstown area. And these kids go in and they, they go and just fight. It's almost like a tough man competition, but for high school kids, And uh, they go to the boxing gym and they want to spar and and fight some of these guys that I know. The only thing you can teach them guys is just to punch down the middle because it's faster. And it gets, it gets there faster than a looping punches. That was kind of the same thing. I I really can't blame the trainer with Robinson fight. I mean, he got a basketball player with a very short amount of time. Mm -hmm. I mean, even a year and a half is a short amount of time. Absolutely. Really, because you can learn. It's like going and working on a baseball swing. And swinging in the air, your, your swing can look beautiful as hell, but as soon as you got a 90-mile-an-hour fastball coming in, that swing goes out the window. Oh, you it's, know. This,
2: it's the famous quote from Tyson, everyone's got a plan until they get hit in the face.
3: Absolutely. And So you could train on him as soon as he got hit or as soon as somebody's throwing real punches at him and he's under the spotlights and got all the people in the arena, all that shit could go out the window. So it really is hard to train anybody. I mean, I could have worked with Robinson, and uh, I don't know what I could really have really done to – help him in a fight like that.
2: I, I would like ah. to think that I would have at least told him, at least after the first t- couple times he did it, I would have told him, hey, stop bull charging him maybe. Like, you're just bull charging him in a boxing match. That's I don't think that that works.
3: No, and, and that could have been the trainer and, and training camp. And again, like, we go back to the Tyson where he could have got hit, you know, even the little punches. When you're in that ring, I I, I was pro 12 years, and I would get hit by a jab sometimes, and, and I'd be like, oh, shit, you know, this guy this guy could hit, so,
2: yeah, it's but I'm career. experienced,
3: I've fought in, you know, hundreds of rounds, in, and against top level guys, uh, somebody like Robinson, you know, he gets hit and, and he smells funny shit, or he sees a flash of white light, you know, that asshole puckers a little bit, and everything changes.
2: <laughs> I'm glad you said like that, no, but that's true, I mean, I can only imagine that's true, actually, I'm not going to fucking sit here and say I've ever gotten in the ring or anything like that, um, no, you know, it's just, it's wild, I, I, I enjoy boxing, I I Last two years, I started doing like kickboxing stuff, like just bags though. I don't, I don't spar. I don't want to mess with the merchandise, if you know what I mean here. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I do like a lot of bags, uh, handbags and stuff and just for a workout, but I love it. And I do work on my, um, my technique a little bit, you know, not, mm-hmm. not fighting technique, but throwing techniques and stuff like that. So I, I, it's just funny. Cause I hear a lot of people who don't do even that or anything like that, or aren't just Wayfair boxing guys, and they're like, they'd start talking about uh, this guy and that guy and how and their styles and stuff. And it's just so funny to me because every time I'm just like, but you realize this guy over here has been training since he was six, seven years old, probably. And I don't care how much of an athlete this guy is, he's been training for, like you said, like three years or something like that. They're is a huge difference when you're talking about technique and throwing a punch and actually making it count right Mm -hmm.
3: yep and an experience plays a role in that you know that goes back to you know sparring we'll use that you know um my son wants to learn boxing and i tell him sometimes like listen um you could learn all the punches but if you know somebody hits you and you don't know how to react right you know that, that all could go out the window um But like what you were saying, you were doing, and my son, I still have him do it because it's good to learn how to use your hands, you know. First of all, the workout's great, you know, it's just you feel good, you feel great when you're done. Um, I still do. I take my big ass every once in a while. I own a gym, a fitness gym uh, outside of Youngstown, and I'll go in the back sometimes and just hit the bag just to get a nice sweat, and I feel a lot better than I do pushing up 300 pounds, you know, it's just a, a better feeling, but um. Yeah, just being involved in it, learning the hands. But the one way that you learn in boxing is, especially at a fighting level, you've got to go in this far. you got to get hit. And even your first couple of times, everything will go real fast, you know, and you kind of feel like you're not learning anything. But the more you do it, the more everything starts to slow down, you know, and then you start really seeing what's going on. You're able to read punches. Then after a couple of years of doing it, um, you know, you become experienced. So experience is a, is a big factor also in, in boxing.
2: Well, my experience is pretty low. I, I am one and one in my bare, knock, bare knuckle boxing career. Uh, <laughs> Zachy Vengeance gave me a big shiner and knocked me out the first time I did bare knuckle boxing. And the second time I won by a t- uh, technical knockout from uh, our roadie at the time. His name was Darren. So I got to tell you about <laughs> this. <laughs> Yeah, well, Zachy,
3: you know, um, Sinister and Matt got to be out of your way, too. So, Oh, they're count. all
2: out of my way. I am the smallest by far in the fucking band. Like that.
3: <laughs> well, I get a, you know, back in the day, um, man, I was a prankster, man. I used to, like, people used to, like, if we went out and hung out and, and had fun, people wouldn't want to, like, pass out of my house because, you know, they'd wake up with shit happening to them, you know.
2: <laughs> wait, was, wait, wait, wait. You don't get to just brush over that. I want <laughs> details, bro. What, what kind of shit you pull on?
3: Oh, uh, man, you know, I got to be on the PG part of it. I still got a little bit of a – at least, you know, we got to watch what we say because we get hit a little harder. So, oh, man, you know, the sh- shaved, uh, shaved shit, writing, the pe- penises on the heads. Uh, you put it behind the the ear and shit so when people have to go, like, to work or to a bank.
2: Oh, they don't know, recognize work. it, right?
3: Yeah, you, people can't see it and they don't realize it. But, yeah, you know, brutal stuff, shaved face, uh, tie him up to the chair while they're sleeping. Um <laughs> Yeah, all that fun stuff. But uh, yeah, you know, the pranks were all tasers and, and and all that stuff. So, um, you know, I had an RV and I, we called it the Bar um, It was a 40 foot RV and people, we'd, we'd always go out and then we end up just staying in that. And people would get tortured. Um, but uh, yeah, so I was watching you get sinister all the time. You know, you got <laughs> a little ongoing battle. Yeah. And I was laughing my ass off. I was going, Shit, man! I thought you know only a few of us done that. That was pretty funny. So,
2: so I mean, well, here's the question that uh, everyone needs to vote in on, and everyone could vote in right here in the comments. If you've seen these pranks that uh, Kelly's talking about, dude, who do you think won so far? Who who's winning in the prank wars between me and, and Sinister? Gates? I don't know that
3: that hotel won. That was a little different. I mean, I mean, I know you guys uh, get paid and, and and good and everything, but that was that was a pretty fancy hotel, and <laughs> there was some shit fucked up in that hotel, man. That was. I have to give you. I have to give you the edge on that one. Sorry, Sin. Thank you. Sin. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I got
2: to give. You, that was pretty good,
3: man. Thank but you. You decorated that hotel.
2: Oh, it was so much fun doing it too. I had yeah. I had such a blast doing it. It was. I mean, I loved that. That's it was fun. right after. I, I don't. I don't remember if we talked about it, but it, it was right after he had his first son, and uh, it was his only son, his first kid. And it was. He was flying back in from like you know on zero sleep. I had just had my first kid three months before so I knew exactly how he was feeling he was like I need to hit the fucking bed immediately I got a show later tonight so he just walked into his room ready for a nap and oh he was so sad
3: (laughs) yeah so off camera was he pretty pissed (laughs) yeah
2: no he was he was bummed he was bummed and then like he was he was so mad that he just didn't even talk he just he just went stone-faced that's like how mad he was about it and how like defeated and oh, deflated. I, I could
3: imagine, man. You know, you're <laughs> dragon ass like that, and then, whew, that's a good one, though. Yeah, that's, that's even better. I mean, you definitely won
2: that one. Thank you, thank you. It's on, it's on the record. Kelly judged it. I want to talk about some judging, though. Let's get into some judging and fucking boxing. So I heard you talking a little bit about this on Rogan a couple years ago, and I had, I have a lot of questions there because, as I said, I'm a novice. I, I love watching boxing. I watch... All the main fights and, of course, the, uh, some of the other ones. But one of them you guys touched about is, is a few years removed now was that Pacquiao fight in Australia. And I can remember the other guys, Timmy, Tommy, something like that. Uh, uh, Horn, uh, I think. Was it Horn? Horn, yeah. And, I mean, it was so obvious. And that was that. That one wasn't even a pay-per-view, if I remember correctly. It was like a free fight on ESPN or something like that. And I remember watching it, like, just getting amped. And I was like, oh, my God. Pac-. And this was, you know, Pacquiao hadn't really made the big headlines in a couple of years at this point, And then I was like, Oh, he's back. He's going to do some cool shit. He just destroyed this kid. And I just kind of figured, you know, whatever, you know, n- nothing against horn or anything like that. I know mm-hmm. it's not his fault, but like, then all of a sudden I saw him getting his hand raised. I was like, wait a minute. Did I watch the same fight? Like this is this is amazing to me. And then for me, you could probably correct me on the, on this other one because I I hear from a lot of boxing people that it wasn't as egregious as I thought it was. But like the Canelo and Triple G fights, there was a that that second one I felt like Triple G won that one. But I'm again I'm not I don't I'm not as technical as some someone like yourself, so maybe you could steer me in the right direction there. Again, nothing to the wrong with the guys who got the judges decisions that's nothing against canelo is an amazing fighter horn was Mm -hmm. a great fighter from my understanding i haven't watched a lot of him um so nothing against those guys but uh, just the judging just seems so fucking ass backwards sometimes in the sport of boxing
3: listen um a lot of fighters are still trying to figure it out you know what i mean so um i'll go off to canelo triple g um so that one sometimes it depends on what a fan likes you know some may like aggression and a lot of times that could win a round. and sometimes i still get caught up and i will give the aggressor the round if it's close um see i had a exactly opposite of you i had the first fight i thought uh, canelo won the first three rounds and i thought triple g shut him out the rest of that first fight Mm -hmm. the second fight i thought canelo just controlled that fight and i thought Triple G picked it up, made it a close fight, but it was just he ran out of rounds. And <clears throat> I thought Canelo, you know, dictated. He had him a little nervous with the body work and and everything else. Um, the Pacquiao Horn fight, I agree with you on that. Um, I thought Pacquiao definitely won that fight, We're a little closer than some of the other shitty ass fights that I've seen judged. But um, what's, yeah, the thought- seen? what's the
2: worst one? What's the worst one you've seen?
3: Well, let's. And I hate to say this because I kind of li- I like Bradley. Um, but but Manny Pacquiao fought Timothy Bradley. Mm-hmm. Uh, never in my lifetime see, seen anything like that. I couldn't even give. Usually, I'm kind of like realistic, so I'll just give. If I have a fight, a shutout, I'll give it to the guy that lost one round because I know the judges are going to probably give that guy one round. And when they said that Bradley won that fight to this day, I don't understand it. Um, Some of them judges should be put in jail for that. <laughs> so. <laughs> um I mean, it was that bad and there was actually a fight saturday night um where it, a draw you kind of see that maybe it wasn't that bad but i had a guy winning in the fight uh, Costano versus uh, charlo and but one judge gave it 117 111 for charlo i i just don't know but you know and and you see a lot of that happen and so let's go back to that it's the unfortunate in boxing but the politics sometimes these promoters have these judges in their hand you know they, they take care of them however they do it whatever loophole they find they take care of these uh judges and and it's just horrible i mean some of these guys um they come up and they fight like you always hear in, in a fight too like if a prospect is fighting a champion they say you got to beat the champion if you're going to get the decision in other words you got to win convincingly
2: yeah yeah, yeah. Don't, let it, don't let it don't let that don't let it go to the judges right yeah. And I think that's
3: unfair because, you know, that guy's a champion and here's a kid that may never get a title shot in his life, has the performance of his life. And even if he won by a round, give him the damn fight. He won it. You know what I mean? Um, you know, that's like that's like the NFL or New England Patriots playing the Giants. And because the bookies were saying that the uh, Patriots are going to win by seven or by ten and the Giants score and they win by three, but they don't win because they didn't cover the spread we never nice. seen that football, right? Whoever at the end of the game has the higher points, you know, they're going to win the game. And that's the same in boxing. Get, if this contender works his ass off and may never have another title shot, give him his, his um, credit. Uh, but, yeah, they, they it's really bad. I mean, I've heard over the years people talking about maybe having some of the fighters do the judging. You know, I think that would be fair because right. there's no bias. There's no reason for a fighter to pick one guy over the other. Um if they're, if they're capable, men- mentally able to judge a fight, but
2: uh, <laughs> well, they got to you know, take it, they got to take a written exam or something like that. First. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but uh,
3: yeah. So no, you're, you're right. You're not the only person. I mean, it has, and I, and I think if, when people talk about something hurting boxing, I don't think it's the Paul brothers hurt boxing. No, I think it's the judges, you know, you don't see it like that in UFC or, or, uh, Bellator or any of those, uh, MMA fights, just in boxing, you see it, and that, that's what could uh, run some fans away that are not diehards. That, that may turn them away from boxing because, you know, some fights are so obvious that even the casual fan could watch it and be like, what the hell? You yeah, they watch. still have
2: eyes. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, it's, it's just, it's, it's, and I couldn't agree with you more because I, I'm one of those guys when I'm watching it, I still buy the next pay-per-view, but like on the big card and something like that happens, I'm like, fuck this. I'm not buying the next one. This is bullshit. And then it comes yep. around and I get all hyped up again. I still, yeah, buy, it still buy it. Yeah, you still buy it. I <laughs> that. <laughs> but at I the time, it but like at that time when I see something that seems so egregious to me, I'm just like, fuck that. I'm, why am I giving my money for, for, to, for, to see that, you know?
3: Yep. So no, I think I you're right. You. I think
2: that is hurting. You know, I think they're, uh, you, you brought up an idea there too. I mean, and you're hearing things. How realistic is a reform on the judging though in boxing? How realistic do you think it could be?
3: I don't know. You know, I um, know. There's, there's so many so many uh, avenues for, for revenue, I guess, to say, or for people to get paid, and, and it's so hard. I mean, it, it really is. It's so hard to really um, stop it. I think the only way would be to bring in um, maybe fighters, ex-fighters, you know, as judges and things like that, because um, one way or another, you're going to have somebody's working with somebody, so you got sanctioning bodies, and I'm probably going to piss somebody off up by, but, um, but I've mentioned this before even on a podcast.
0: Mm-hmm. So you right. have
3: the sanctioning bodies like WBA, WBC, IBF. Yes, and wait, wait, are- wait. Before
2: you go any further on that, can you explain all that shit to me? Like, a l- more of more layman's. I think you're about to explain it, but like a mm-hmm. little bit more layman, like why is there so many different titles out there for each division and what does what does they, what do they all mean? Because even, even a guy who, like I just said, will buy a lot of the big cars, a lot of the big fights and mm-hmm everything like that, I still, and I've watched boxing my whole life, I still don't understand like what, which one means more or less than the other, or why there's so many, and then obviously I understand what uni, uh, unified uh, world champion means, but when they have all of them, but it's like why is there so many? Why isn't there just one?
3: Well, the unified is still kind of hard because I have an argument uh, with, with me, so I was the yeah. lineal middleweight champion, which is like you're the top dog, you yeah. know, and I had... uh Three of the, the world titles, well, two of the world titles, but I'll get into it. I'll explain the other one, um, why I say three. But um, So when I beat Jermaine Taylor, Jermaine Taylor beat Bernard Hopkins, okay, twice. And Bernard was the undisputed, so Jermaine Taylor became the undisputed middleweight champion. But somewhere along the lines, in, in this fucked up way of however they do it, um, Jermaine vacated two belts or got stripped of them because he didn't want to pay the sanction fees on, on the belts. Because, which I'll get into, you got to pay sanction fees on these titles that you have. So, when I beat Jermaine Taylor, I got the WBC, WBO, and the Ring title belt, and I became lineal champion. But from hearing a lot of people that's involved in the sport, they said that I should have been undisputed because the only way that Jermaine should not have been undisputed. Is if he lost lost a fight, but Jermaine didn't lose the titles to a fight. He lost them by getting stripped or vacating. So my tag should have been undisputed, undisputed champion, I guess. You know, but maybe I'm I'm wrong on that, or these boxing uh, degenerates are, are wrong. But uh, so in boxing, you have really four world real title belts. And they're all pretty much around the same. Some are a little more prestigious than others because they've been around longer. But if you get the WBO, WBC, IBF, or WBA, you're a champion. You're, you're a world champion. Okay. okay. And then you have the other one that's not considered a world belt, but only a world champion gets it. And it's called the ring belt. And it's actually the belt that you see in Rocky. You know, oh, okay. Rocky. Then like blue, white, and yellow
2: one. It's kind of got like um, the 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 like the, the the pleat to it in a way, and then yeah. like the just a circular little, guy in the middle. Yep. Cool.
3: So believe it or not, in a weird way, if you got that belt, you are the man. Like you are the top dog in that weight class and and uh, the main champion. So it's not a world title belt, but in my opinion you that's the, the one shit. that means
2: the most, huh?
3: Yeah. So you have those. And the reason why I think those are good is because if you had just one title, uh, one title, world title, and you guys, as we see in boxing now, you see all this talent coming up. You see all this number one, number two, number three ranked fighter in the world. Well, the way it really works, I mean, again, boxing is not a longevity sport. Um, A lot of the the top fights that you may want to see will never happen because it would take too long for that to form. And if it does happen, that one fighter may be out of his prime you know, so you have everybody bitching. I think with the four belts, it kind of gives more of a chance for everybody to see the talent out there and, and to build up for these big fights in an easier opportunity. Um, but even then in boxing, unfortunately you still don't see some of the big fights made, you know,
0: right. then you
3: got, now they are starting to get a little ridiculous. I mean, you're starting to see like WBC super title. You're starting to see this one and all that has, all that is, is just money. That's just sanctioning bodies wanting to get more money so
2: you know i and and it seems so odd to me that it's about money in that respect because it goes back to me in in a fundamental idea of what would turn someone off from the sport and it's to me is if i don't understand what the stakes are for the fight because i don't know which title is what and and why there's the super title of it and all that stuff i'm not as invested in the fight right like why would i so why am i gonna pay for it why am i gonna why am i gonna get into boxing i feel like that's uh, in Like we were talking about the judging well, uh, This could be another thing that could Push people away from the sport
3: Yeah, so uh, the, part, the other part that I was going to um, Talk about and this, you, I think you'll definitely have a better idea Of why sometimes you may see this mm-hmm. So undisputed is You know, having all four belts all, all the belts that are out there, the role titles Well, a lot of times it's very rare to see that Because you'll see if a fighter has Three or more of the belts He'll vacate them you know, he'll say, I don't give a shit about them because you got to pay every title fight. You got to pay sometimes like a certain percentage of your, your fight. So if you're getting paid 3 million, you may have to pay 60 grand out of that. Now I know if you're 3 million, but 60 grand, 40 grand, 70 grand, that's a huge chunk out of your.
2: So you get taxed as the champion.
3: Oh yeah. You got to pay for those belts. You pay, it's called a sanctioning fee. That's how these organizations make their money. That's how they keep them because them belts are, are nice. I mean, they're, they're, oh, yeah. they cost. But um, you know, every everybody has um, their hands out in the sport. I guess in life, you know, nothing's free. So yeah, that's how these uh, sanctioned bodies, you know, they make their money, and that's why a lot of times you'll see like Jermaine Taylor. Uh, I won't lie to you. So if I got if I got one more belt. You better believe my, my cheap ass is getting rid of one. Of them.
2: <laughs> Hell yeah, man. I don't understand. Like, but then that, again, that's another thing that kind of takes the, the weight of the the weight of gold behind it kind of off, you know?
3: Yeah, it's true. And uh, so you'll see that a lot of times you'll see a guy will keep just one strap because that keeps him, you know, he's still a world champion and he's still recognized to be honest with you. When you get to the level of uh, Mayweather, Manny Pacquiao, Canelo Alvarez, I mean, the truth is, do they really even need a world title belt to get big money fights?
2: No, like we were talking about earlier. They don't even... No, you're absolutely right. They're going to get paid that money no matter what once you get to that level. Yep. What what level would you say you were at, at at your peak? Like being the world world title, what, what were what were your draws? Um, how would you gauge... How would you, I don't know, categorize your, your draw?
3: So I, I was a, a ballsy, gutsy fighter. Starting off early in my career, I, I was the boxer puncher um you know i had to knock I threw a lot of punches per round so that brought a lot of excitement you know i had a big following because of that um you know i beat jermaine taylor who beat bernard hopkins who right. bernard was going for the the record at the time for the most title we were the record for most title defenses so i mean i beat some big guys and not only did i beat them i mean i, I knocked them out too I, I mean i pulverized them um I, I fought a guy right before jermaine taylor edison miranda and he was from columbia a monster um not how a shitload of knockouts and that's going back to sometimes when you're in a fight he had the type power like even the punches that he didn't throw hard when he hit you i mean you carried a punches was for that like the three. fight
2: was that the fighter that uh, uh i think it was like the first or second round he really got you going and then you came back and ended up winning the, uh, knocking him out but like there was like a uh, there was one of those it was maybe it was taylor or or miranda yeah that was taylor that was the
3: first taylor fight so the, the, taylor the taylor miranda course. fight was the one right before. And nobody was giving me a chance in hell to win. I mean, I'll never forget, I was at the press conference, and it was a huge press conference at BB King's in New York and HBO and everything else. So (laughs) we're up, and everybody's talking, and Edison Miranda gets up, and everybody's asking him questions about his fight with me, and then, but they didn't even mention my name, and then they started talking the entire time about him fighting Jermaine Taylor after that fight. So I get up there, I go, "Holy shit! I didn't even know am I fighting tomorrow?" You know, like you guys. Didn't <laughs> fight any time. And uh, that that made it really big, though. That that was made that fight that much more better. You know, um, for me to go out there and and beat the shit out of him for seven rounds and, and knock him out. But uh, Edison Miranda at the time when I fought him, he, he was the boogeyman in, in that weight class. And uh, you know, so I would say I made a, I had a huge run, and I, I knocked a lot of people out that never should have been knocked out. And then, you know, I lost to Bernard Hopkins, kind of crazy how it works. And, you know, I I don't make excuses, but it it wasn't my best night in there. And when I lost to Sergio Martinez for the title, you know, the the big issue was making weight for that fight. At that point, I was pro, I was in the middleweight division 11 years. So I was 30 years old, still trying to make 160. You know, Mm -hmm. as we age, it's just hard to, to go four years in boxing to stay at one weight as you keep getting older. But um Dude, I'm that, still that, trying that, to get. I'm not a
2: professional fighter. I'm just trying to get back to my normal weight since before I had a kid, yeah. before my wife had a kid, and COVID. Man, I'm 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 sitting here with like a good solid 25 pounds underneath this shirt. Fuck
3: yeah, <laughs> you go home. You got kids, and you're at home. I mean, that's yeah, that's what you do. You eat, you know, you eat with the fam. You do this, you do that. Especially, you know, I'm I'm on a go all the time, so I try to make as much time as possible. I'm sure you do, like yeah. So when you're at home, you're eating what your kids eating, and then whatever else is available. So. But it's hard because, you know, as you get older and you notice, I mean, like you just said, you know, it's hard. You can't lose the weight like you once were able to. No, you no. Before, ah. you, just,
2: you, just, uh, you just don't eat for a weekend and party all night and, and yeah. uh, you lose the weight.
3: <laughs> like, yeah. You, hell yeah. It kept you skinny. <laughs> so, um, yeah. But uh, it was hard in there. So, you know, those are the two losses. Uh, but with my career, I have no regrets. I mean, maybe the two losses, I would have done something different, but at the same time, I could have took a lot of uh, shit from the media and some of the fans if I would have done it as far as maybe postponing the fight or like with the Sergio Martinez, if I would have came in two pounds over the weight, they would have fined me and they would have shipped me in the belts. But what would I have cared? It was my last fight at middleweight. You know, I wouldn't be mm-hmm. been fighting that weight class no more, but it's still like I'm, I'm content. You yeah, know, I walked you know. 40 and two. Um, I beat some great fighters. So my career, I mean, I, I would say, um, Hall of Fame fighter, that's that's not up for me to judge. Um, although I am getting inducted into the Atlantic City Hall of Fame.
2: Oh, congratulations, and, man. That's awesome.
3: It, yeah, that, that's huge because that's a big one. I'm getting inducted actually in with Roy Jones and, and Felix Trinidad and guys oh, like wow. that. But, uh, you know, so I, I'm content with that alone. You know, my my thing was I, I accomplished. I, I won a role title, um, and I'm, I'm content with that. So, uh you know, if people want to put me in the the Hall of Fame, or if they do, if they don't, I'm not gonna get down on it. You know, what I mean, I, to me, it was a hell of an accomplishment.
2: I'm not, I don't get to judge on this, but uh, I, I, I think you should be a Hall of Famer. Just, I mean, that's an incredible record. I mean, and I, I watched some of your fights, and dude, you're a great. And another funny one, you know,
3: another funny ass one, and I was actually telling my buddy uh, a little while ago, and you could probably vouch for this, knowing how hard it was in that little window you had to to make it. And the same with me, like if somebody goes, if you had to do it over again, would you? My real answer would probably be hell no, because <laughs> I don't know if I'm guaranteed to become a world champion again because the, the odds are that slim. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I take it take it while you
2: have it. You know, when you say it that way, I, I, you know, I always say, yeah, I do it in a heartbeat. I do it all over again. You know, like, I mean, that's like the need reaction. Well, yeah, in it, a different, I guess, which but way no, no, you're but, but like, if you're, if you're saying, like, would you go back? And do the same thing with the same stakes. Not states. knowing if you got signed. Exactly. with Not knowing yeah. if it was going to happen or not. And I guess that's a tough fucking question, man. I don't really know. It's a great question. Another thing that we don't know about is who's going to win between Virgil Ortiz Jr. And I'm going to butcher the shit out of this guy's name. I just read it today. I had to write it down over here. Ejidiyas Cause Yep, just totally butchered it. He's and fighting on au- it for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is August 14th. I'm familiar with Virgil Ortiz, friend of the show. Love that dude. He's so much fun. Such a good kid. Such a great fighter. Um, so I'm familiar with him. obviously not familiar with the other guy, but I'm excited for the fight. Um, what can you tell me what you know about these two fighters and your predictions for this? Uh, that's coming up on August 14th in Texas.
3: So it is a fight. Um, I think the kid's name is eager somewhere or something yeah. like that. Uh, it is a fight. The kid could fight. They or the guy can fight. He's, he's experienced. He's he could hit hard. He's in great shape. But the thing is, Virgil Ortiz Junior is just a man on a mission.
2: Yeah. He goes yeah.
3: in, we've seen him, I mean he he got power in both hands, but not only that, he can box. That's that's the scary part. Right. You know, sometimes you just get that big heavy puncher coming in. Or obviously they're fast enough to still hit you, but um you know, Virgil could could mix it up. He's a, he's a boxer, uh, brutal puncher. He's he's got underrated defense. A lot of people don't talk about it. He um, don't you know they don't say he has bad defense, but Virgil makes you miss too, and he puts you in, in a position where he could make good counters. He can make you pay for for punches that you miss. Um, I got Virgil in this fight. Um, you know, I'd, I'd probably by a knockout. I would say mid mid to maybe the eighth round between there between five and eight. Um, I, I see Virgil stopping him and, you know, just beating the guy up. Um, maybe not a clean knockout, but an accumulation of punishment. Uh, yeah, Virgil's just on a mission right now. I mean Seventeen knockouts, a- man.
2: You're you're claiming it right here. It's gonna be number eighteen. Eighteen and 0, dude, all by knockout. A kid Yeah, I mean, he's
3: a big ultraweight. Um he's in a loaded weight class, don't get me wrong. I mean, that's probably one of the top uh, weight classes right now. Right. But uh I know yeah, he, he wants to fight
2: him. Errol Spence. We we talked about it when he was on the show. Over a year ago, you know, uh, I know he, he's looking at some other, he's actually looking at some other divisions or, or some weight classes rather too, I think. I mean, he's, yeah. I mean, well, he's big, he's big for 147. Yeah, no, yeah, really he totally big. is. I so, mean, I watched his last fight up here, right where I'm doing this podcast from. I was, I was rooting him on. I mean, he's, you know, I, we never got to do this with you, but I mean, he's, he's mentioned that he wants to have Avenged or at least me come out as one of his posse to one of his fights. Uh, here in LA. We were we were actually gonna do it um before COVID happened. He was gonna be right here at the forum and I was like, I'll see whoever else wants to do it, but i I'm in <laughs> and like we were yeah. ready to do it. He was hooking me up with press passes. We were gonna go do that. I was gonna get experience that for the That would first be best
3: because they, they have that now. You know, it wasn't big when I was fighting. Um yeah and now you know they have the pyrotechnics, they have you know, the stages kinda set up for that. Yeah. And that would be sweet. You know, when I I had to pick my music to come out to was a little different because until you got on HBO and Showtime, when you fought on ESPN, you only had a certain amount of time to come out and you only had a certain amount of time to like get the crowd going. And I was also like superstitious too on, it was kind of weird, you know, like my little routine. So I came out to Corn um, here to stay because nice. it just, it had just enough at that, at the very beginning to get the fans up, up on their feet and then usually because they shut your music off. I mean, you only had about, like I said, you know, on ESPN or, or Fox at that time, 15, 20 years ago, you had literally about two and a half minutes, if that, you know, to um, come out to yeah. the fight and get everybody riled up. So, you know, you had to pick something that got everybody moving. And, uh, you know, that was that was early on, too. I, I was still just finding you guys, but corn, but for Virgil. Dude, that would be badass. I mean, because they have it set up, and you guys can actually just let loose and and put, play some of the riffs.
2: Oh yeah. Well, I don't know if we were talking about playing. I was just saying I was gonna be, you know, drinking. Oh. I was just gonna be drinking back back in the in the locker rooms with everybody and just walk out with them.
3: <laughs> even better, and then the after parties were fun. Yeah. Because we used to have we used to have fun after the after party. I mean, sometimes I couldn't even open my jaw to to um, get a sit down, but made it work
2: (laughs) so i I know we we were talking you uh i don't think you'd really drink anymore were you ever a drink were you ever a drinker because i i know virgil's like i'm not touching the stuff and he's like at least until i'm retired um because he 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 just doesn't feel right about drinking while he's on his mission as we talked about
3: yeah here and there um now you know uh but yeah i did when when i was fighting you know you you get caught up and you know i've Cherry concerts. I was on stage with Foo Fighters in Cleveland, and uh, okay. you kind of get you know you get caught up in that that whole shit. And, and, and I did. I had fun. I mean, and you know what? I don't give a shit. I don't regret it. You know, I, I did sacrifice a lot throughout my career. So in between fights, man, I lived. You know what I mean? It was just oh yeah, so I, I did it, and and it was fun. Uh, but you know, now as you get older, you know, I ran as I mentioned before. Athletes uh, a little different, you know, when, when athletes. Kind of get a reputation or, or if they get in trouble, <clears throat> you know, people, they come down on them uh, pretty hard, you know, so, and, and it's just the, the truth, and for me, it was just a little, little small incidents. Um, what was it? And it, it was, you know, media shit like that, so, you know, I had to pull my head out of my ass and kind of just, you know, go, go to the straight route, and, you know, and then I started doing that, and that's when I started getting into all the other business ventures and, you know, and opening the gyms. And actually in the process now of opening a, a boxing gym, you know, and training fighters and stuff like that too. So Awesome. Yeah.
2: Well, that, well that's great. I mean, what, what you, I saw your gym, was it MI, uh, is that my gym? Is, or, yeah. Yeah, yeah, my gym. And then um, is that, are you, are you going to keep that name for this uh, training gym or are you going to do a different name?
3: So my, I was sitting there with my son and he brought up something funny. He was like, you should call your, your other gym my other gym. Because <laughs> <laughs> so, my gym and yeah, my yeah.
2: other gym, I like it.
3: Yeah, so if you think about like, do, you know, when people go to gyms, a lot of times people are uncomfortable going to a new gym. So when I opened it up, I was trying to make it for not, not an ego thing, like, it's my gym. I was making it like that, that comfortable feeling for the member. Average shows, like, oh, yeah, average
2: shows. Yeah,
3: there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so, so go, where are you going? I'm going to my gym, you know. And so, when now, if you ask somebody, hey, you, where are you going? Uh, you going to my gym? No, I'm going to my other gym. You yeah know so I just like that it. kind of like that little thing to it, but uh yeah so i, I had that going you know it, it's cool it's a, it runs itself pretty much, you know it's a twenty four hour gym um a lot of members, but uh the boxing is obviously you know the, the main love, so
2: that's awesome man so so cool uh let's let's continue talking about today's boxing if you don't mind i want to i want to get some of your takes on what's going on um uh, Tyson and, uh, uh, or I'm sorry, Tyson Fury, and Wilder are going to be uh, fighting October 9th. Now it just got like this the last couple days. It, it had been postponed due to some COVID pro- protocols or some shit, and now they're saying it's going to happen October 9th. This is the the trilogy between the two. I saw the other two fights. Um, the second one I thought was, I mean, was a no-brainer. I mean, Fury just. He just dominated that fight, in my opinion. Yeah, and uh, uh, I'm interested in seeing what you think Wilder's chances are of redeeming himself after that second that second fight performance.
3: You know what, Johnny? I I, I didn't want to see the third fight. I really haven't. You know, what I mean, when, when they mentioned um, Joshua and Fury, I was kind of excited about that. I agree. Yeah, I was. I, think, I was I think pumped that fight up. Needs to happen. I do too. And especially, now going back on it, you know, especially for boxing because the heavyweights or when you, when you got, when the heavyweight division is popping, that's when boxing kind of starts taking off. At its, off biggest. At its mm-hmm. biggest, right? Absolutely. So, the you know, as far as picking a winner in this third fight, it's always hard because water could hit, you know, water could end a fight at any time. And anytime you got two professional fighters that are over 200 some pounds hitting each other, you never know what could happen, you know, so um, it's a hard fight to pick. I mean, if I if I had to really bet on it, I would probably go with Fury again just because, yeah, I think he's just a better boxer. And, and I think after the last fight, we don't know where Wilder's at confidence-wise, you know, if that took a lot out of him. So, um, but I, it's still an interesting fight. I think for as many diehard boxing fans that are like me saying we're kind of over it, they're going to tune into it.
0: Oh, yeah. uh,
2: You got to see that fight. And, you know, to be honest, before this trilogy even really started, I wasn't, uh, 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 I didn't know much about Tyson Fury uh, because all I heard was, you know, before he got sober and and got back into boxing after a crazy lifestyle that he has, you know, luckily shed, um, Mm -hmm. I hadn't seen a lot of his fights, to be honest. And then I started watching him when when this whole trilogy was really unfolding. And man, the, the man can box, like he is, like, especially at the, like going back to that size at heavyweight, you don't, I, I don't personally see a lot of technical boxers like that in that, in that, in that weight class, man.
3: Well, no, not, not especially like you said, you know, six, nine, um, 250 pounds. And that's the crazy thing about, um, just in, in general sports, uh, athletes, you know, it's evolving thing. They're just, Bigger, faster, stronger. I know a lot of people disagree with me because they're just stuck in, in their era. But, you know, you see it every day. Like, kids are just, even the young athletes, like kids, you know, they're just bigger, faster, stronger. And you're starting to see it now in boxing. I mean, I think your average guy is, you got Wilder, who's 6'7", Joshua, who's 6'6", Fury, who's uh, 6'9". And,
2: and wait, all- so everyone knows, how, how tall was Tyson when he was running the world as a heavyweight?
3: he was they listed him at 5'10 but I I don't even think Tyson was 5'10 you know I took a picture with him I'm 6' barely 6'2 and Tyson was up to my shoulders so
2: I mean just to your he point was. right there I mean that was he was the most feared man in boxing for yeah. a long fucking time when you go back and
3: go back to the old days uh Joe Frazier was you know they had him listed 5'10 Joe Frazier was no 5'10 right. you know he was 5'9 um your tallest guy at that time was probably Foreman you know 6'4 Right. Um, and he was, so a yeah, I mean, You could
2: see it though out there. I mean, he was a beast. A lot of yeah. a lot of guys my age or novice my age would be like, oh, you mean the foreman girl guy who came out and won the heavyweight title at like fifty years old and everything? I was like, yeah, but before he was that nice sweet dude, he was a monster. Like he was. Just like uh, the meanest, not fighter. not the prettiest fighter to watch. No, just straight, mean, just straight mean. Just straight mean. Yeah. When you go back and watch those fights, but you, but you got guys today, you know, so, you know that can box,
3: and, and um, they won't get the credit. And if if I ever put out there that um, Tyson Fury or Wilder would beat Joe Frazier, people would be like, "Oh, you're crazy." But just picture it: five ten and six seven. You know what I mean? Like, and these guys they could actually move today. I mean, Wilder... He's ugly to watch. Um, I would never show one of my young fighters. You know, I, w- I wouldn't have them copy his style. But he could end a fight in, in a blink of an eye. Anthony Joshua, on the other hand, is a sharp, uh, tactical fighter. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
3: Tyson Fury. You know, he's got the moves. He got the head movement. So I mean, he, these guys—it's it's, kind of like a new, a new generation, a new breed of, of heavyweights. That's—that's that's crazy to see the size of these guys.
2: Right, and, and, to, and to the point, too, to the Joshua uh, uh, Fury fight that we were talking about wanting to see, those are two technical boxers in a in a division that doesn't necessarily always have technical boxers. So I think yeah. that's why guys like you and myself really want to see that fight.
3: Um, Absolutely. I think it would be a great matchup. And then again, I think that's really what a lot of the fans want to see is, you know, we, we had our share of um, Wilder and uh, Fury and... and Wilder. Now we want to see it kind of move on now to, to bigger and better things.
2: Totally agree. Here's here's another fight I want to talk about, or two fights in this one really, because I was just reading about it today. Um, there's talk about uh, in this legends or triller um, uh, factions of boxing right now. Just talks about Holyfield Tyson getting back in the ring. Like people are like wanting to see this and. I, I was always a huge Holyfield fan. I I, 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 respect, I loved seeing Tyson, just the fact that he was just so aggressive. But I, as a boxing fan, when I was a kid in the 90s, Holyfield was my dude. That was the dude that I was like, I, I'm watching all of his fights. I, I, I think he's such a great boxer. And um, I loved watching him, basically. Um, but, I mean, after watching... And no disrespect, I paid the money. I went I paid the money to see Tyson and and Roy Jones Jr. I I was I was still entertained by it. I'm not one of the people who watched it again, going back to, oh, it wasn't a real boxing match. I'm like, yeah, I knew that going into it. When I paid for it, I knew it wasn't going to be headhunting and crazy shit happening. I wasn't expecting to see that. There's these are men of a certain age who have retired and been away from boxing for a long time it's going to be impressive if they can go one fucking round. And it was. It was a, they were in great shape for their age, man. I was like, this is insane. This is really cool mm-hmm. for them. I don't know. I just went on off a tangent there. But i was just bringing it back to, like, would you want to see that fight? Like, that exhibition, obviously. I'm, I won't even call it a fight. We all know it would be an exhibition. But would you want to see that?
3: I guess no and yes. Kind of like the, the Tyson Jones, you know. Um, it was funny. I told my co-host uh, with the podcast that I do with him, I was like, no, I'm not going to buy it. And then we were like, yeah, but watch, like the night of the, the day of the fight, we're going to be like, hey, I'm getting pizza. Come over and watch it, you know? <laughs> and that, that was it, too. You know, I, I got it and, and it was a must see. And that's kind of like what we were talking about a little bit ago. One of the guys called me and they're trying to put on a fight. They're trying to match up with some of the uh, former world champions that have been retired for a while. And they were asking me if I would fight a older light heavyweight champion named Glenn Johnson. And I was like, I'm I'm not doing it. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Um, you know, I think that we got lucky with the Tyson Roy Jones because it was entertaining. You know, they kept themselves in great shape for the age that they were. They didn't come out. It, it wasn't awful. I mean, they, they, it wasn't great uh, white
2: was... hype. It was not great white hype.
3: Yeah. <laughs> 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 <I forgot laughs> about that. Yeah. So, you know, it, it was pretty good and I could see it, it was like a little teaser, you know, like, Oh, you know, if all these, but I can guarantee you that not all of them fights, with, if they do this league, not all of them fights are going to end up looking like, you know, Roy Jones, Mike Tyson. And that's the sad part. I mean, you got some of these guys that, unfortunately, neurologically, their motor reflex is, is off a little bit. And it's just something that I, I wouldn't want to see. I mean, they showed uh, Redick Bow, you know, getting ready and, and talking to the camera that he's going to come back. And every time I see that, I'm like, I, I'm so glad I, I retired when I did, you know. Um, and, and that's that's the part. I mean, again, these fighters, a lot of them, that's their life. I mean, that's all they kind of know. And you know this just as much. As it, this is the same thing. Like, you get that general rush from performing in front of people, you know. Right. It, it is a great feeling when you're out there playing or fighting, you know. And, and I won't lie. A part of me, yeah, that's the only thing. Like, if I that I ever think about is is performing in front of all them people, you know what I mean? And that's the only thing I miss about it. But uh, so to see see some of these guys go back in, I really do think it could tarnish. You know, I always remember watching Sugar Ray Leonard fight Hector Camacho. <clears throat> Personally, I know how good Sugar Ray Leonard was. You know, he was one of the greatest of all time. But but I think about him, the first thing that pops in my mind was him getting knocked all around the ring by Hector Camacho. Right. So, And that still could happen. So, I mean, I guess it's still out there. I mean, we would have to see. I'm not 100% for it, but if some of these fights are still giving fans the entertainment, I guess so. But at the same time, I just want to see these old dogs just, you know, keep them down, you know, keep gloves hung up and, and let your legacy, you know, remain.
2: I understand I understand both sides of that to be honest, like yeah, I understand wanting the legacy and then but as a boxing fan seeing something i mean it's it's also just nostalgia, right, some of these things where they're bringing back it's kind of like I know what you know they're not going to go out there and kill each other or anything it's as as we keep saying it's an exhibition, not a fight, but it's I still want to see it from the nostalgia I don't know every time every mm. time I go back like i I recently got back into watching professional wrestling after like not yeah. watching for about 10 years yeah i was just like and the whole thing that brought me back was watching the old shit and i was like oh, you, you, you see, you had you have a son right yeah yeah you gotta watch oh, yeah. pro, pro wrestling when you got a son right you're gonna be
3: back in it i, I got dragged back into it i was the hulk hogan days and, and then two years ago i took my son to a wrestling match he had it actually at the same place at wwf where you guys played and
2: uh oh right oh uh, yeah i was right back i was right back in it well the, I, it was right before my son was born that i got back into it but yeah I mean, yeah and and it was you know i got friends in in the industry and stuff chris jericho fozzy and and obviously of chris jericho jesus christ yeah um you know good friend metalhead guy you know great yeah, He dude. seems awesome uh he's such a great dude i'll i'll, I'll get you guys connected sometime um yeah. he's he's a great dude uh I've gone to a couple events that he was at when he was in WWE. Since doing this podcast, I've had some Hall of Famers on the on the show, and uh, and gone and you know uh, seen some AEW guys guys that are up and coming now, and that's got me back into it because like the nostalgia brought me there, right? And then I was yeah. like, oh, cool, I remember why I used to love this so much. And then it's like, oh, but and they're doing new stuff now, so I kind of feel mm-hmm. like maybe that maybe that's something that can happen in in, this, in the fight game too, you know?
3: It could, it, you know, and, and it could, and that's like why I say it, it. brings me back to it, a former fighter, world champion, um, you know, and that's why I say part of me is kind of like, just keep them hung up, man. You know, don't, but I think the other part of me saying, we, like you're saying, you know, it's it's show business, it's it's entertainment. We know it's an exhibition. We know they're not going to fight. Well, hopefully they're not going to fight the, you, Deontay Wilder.
2: I don't um, want to see that. I don't, don't want to see them fight guys you know, of today. I don't. I, I guess you know, let it,
3: let it. I guess the only thing you could do is let it play itself out and see. And if and if it, anything like uh, Tyson and Roy Jones, then I think it'd be cool.
2: Yeah, I agree uh, with you. Last couple things I, I want to I ask about, and, and then I'll, and I'll let you go about the rest of your night in Vegas, because I know if I was there in Vegas, I wouldn't be t- having a chat with me right now. I'm so, two more
3: weeks out here, man.
2: Okay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> right, Maybe that explains it a little bit better. Yeah. But uh, you know, we are talking about uh, the legends, fights, everything like that. We, two years ago, you were on the Joe Rogan podcast, and I was listening to, and you're talking at that time, you were like, I don't know, man, I, I'm, got, I'm getting the itch. This is only two years ago. You were getting the itch to come out of retirement. Uh, How are you feeling about... uh, I I think I know the answer from this uh, hour conversation we've been having, but uh, how are you feeling today about that itch uh, ever happening of getting back in the ring for real?
3: Okay, so... You're in the entertainment business, and and I'm sure Rogan. stands a good chance of probably hearing this, and I and I hope you don't get mad. <laughs> so uh, when I when I went out there for the show, this is when he was in, in California. Right. I actually have a uh, good buddy who is in the entertainment business. He actually worked under. Uh, I don't know if mentioning names is a good idea, but he worked under Frank DeLeo. Frank DeLeo was big with uh, Sony Records and had Michael Jackson and all of them. And this kid, Mark Lamica had Rihanna and, and all these different people. And he's real big in the music industry. And um, so I, I met with him, and uh, we went to the one place, the comedy club or whatnot. And, you know, yeah. and I'm friends with David yeah. Hinchcliffe, who's originally from Youngstown. Yeah. But he, oh, yeah. i got him on the yeah. show,
2: too. He's been on the show, too. Yeah. I, lo- I, I love that well, dude. He got in a little yeah. bit of heat a few weeks ago. I, 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 I we don't need to get into that, but I, I, you know, I, I've have always had good experiences with him.
3: Yeah, so Tony's a Youngstown guy. He actually graduated from high school in Youngstown, my hometown, and,
2: uh rival you know, rival school, rival school or same school? No,
3: he, he was at a he was at a good school. He was at a um, Catholic school, okay. so parochial. And uh, so I met I met Tony out there. I was actually you know I went to his Kill Bill or uh, whatever that was. Kill Tony, kill Tony. Yeah, so I, I was sorry. talking with him, and you know, going on to Joe Rogan, it was a little different. Like, cause I didn't have no idea what I was getting into, what was going to be asked. And it's been a while since I was in front of you know something like that. And um, then I went and met with that Mark Lamica, and I go, Mark, I don't even know what to say on the show or not something. He goes from the entertainment part, he goes, Kelly's like, have fun with it. He goes, tell him you're getting the itch. And I was like, dude, I go, he's gonna know that I'm trying to use his platform to, you know, bulk up my podcast or whatever I'm going to say it for. He goes, just see where you're at. You know, see, like, if you get a big buzz, uh, you know, if you, if you got a buzz going around the boxing world. So you go on a show, when you do Rogan show, um, He, you walk in, he was like, hey, you want some beer, weed, this, that, blah, blah, blah.
2: Dairy? I, I love uh, him already. I love him already.
3: Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll take a coffee and, and a water. And he goes, okay, so – you go in, and he goes, sit down. You sit down, and you put your mic up, hand up against the mic, and you go. Like, there's no soft entrance. Um, and uh, so I'm sitting there in the back of my head the entire time. I'm going, tell him, you know, about to come back. But he kind of led me into it. I didn't have to come out and find anywhere to put it. He led me right into that. And uh, I said it. So I didn't think anything of it because at that time I was retired, seven years. Didn't think I was a big name in boxing. So – we get out, you know, I say goodbye to him, everything else, and we're getting back to go, go back to our hotel, and I turn my phone back on. John, I had, my phone was just blowing up. I had USA Today, I had ESPN, I had people from the local paper in Youngstown calling me, you making a comeback? And I was like, no. so at the time, it wasn't a full lie. I mean, I I did have the itch, and I think it was, again, missing that, you know, the adrenaline pump from the fans and everything else, but no, it was just more of a see where see if I could stir up uh, the boxing world a little bit.
2: I love it. I love that you did it. I love that it worked on me. I was listening to that podcast. I was like, oh shit, that'd be really cool <laughs> to see. Uh, you you mentioned the pop though uh, from get from the audience. You know, uh, you still get a pretty big pop from those exhibition fights, man. I don't know, yeah. like, you know, and, and the crowds are back. Uh, well, well, exhibition fight maybe. I mean.
3: I mean, if people keep banging at the door or keep asking, who knows? You know what I mean? But right now, I think, now, gotta, I, gotta I, keep... think
2: uh, I think you you didn't get enough time to show that awesome back tattoo you have. Um, so I think uh, the world needs to see it in the ring.
3: I, I call it my champ stamp.
2: <laughs> champ stamp. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Can you tell everyone and what I, I'm I talking sure about? Got... I'll, I'll let you talk about it in your own words, and we'll, then we'll get off to the air here. But uh, uh, Kelly's got a pretty good tattoo on his back. Why don't you tell us, Why don't you tell everyone about it?
3: So I believe it's off your uh, nightmare album. Um, nice. it's what all you guys sitting there at the, it looks like a bar to skeletons and it's a badass tattoo. And, and this was in my having fun days, you know, the, the wild days. So I was like, I gotta fucking have that tattoo. And, um, <laughs> I got it in the same color. And actually, I believe the color ink that they put in when you're under a black light, it glows. So, um, yeah, I got it down on my, yeah. my lower back. And, uh, that's why I started calling it the, the champ stamp. And, um, <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty cool. So it was, I think, off your uh, your guys' nightmare
2: album. Yeah, it's the back. It's the back uh, of our nightmare album. Is uh, is a you know, drawing uh, of us around a table, kind of like, uh, you know, like a dinner dinner table, kind of Last Supper kind of style table. This yeah, is obviously yeah. after the Revit passed and it was away. So above it, I, I
3: put because it was the skeletons too and, and everything else, and you got the center. I just put last call. You know what I mean? So it
2: was kind of uh, like. I love that because cause that is that is something that you know that uh, our fans know uh, that that album was right when uh, the Rev had passed. Um, yeah, and uh, last call. I love that it, last Call's on there. To me, it 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 says something about the Rev. And I might mean something to you differently. And that's 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 the great thing about tattoo and art in general. But to me, when oh. I hear last call, that it actually makes sense to me in a different way. So I, I love oh, that. And I
3: I, I, I understand. Believe me, I I was there for well not there, but as a huge, as all your fans, you know, everybody, I mean, it was such a devastating moment and, uh, you know, being a fan and, and I'm the same around the same age as you guys. And, uh, it was just, um, crazy. So I think that's, you know, with all the albums you guys put out, you know, again, as one of the biggest fans that I, that I know of, um, yeah, it's, it just sucked, man. And I don't know. Rest
2: yeah, man. Peace. Well, yeah. Thank you for that. And cheers to that. Cheers to the old boy. Cheers to everyone at home watching. I really appreciate you guys. Mm. Everyone, you could go find more Kelly Pavlik. Um, your actual Instagram handle is Pavlik.Kelly. But again, everybody at this point knows, if you literally just type in the name Kelly Pavlik anywhere, it'll pop up. Go find it. Yeah. Uh, you get a lot I, of shit. You may get some that are function. not boxing. that? What's that? <laughs>
3: So you may get some that ain't boxing, but you get a lot of shit. you have, you
2: have fun with it. <laughs> go have fun with it. And go find the yeah. punchline, right? The punchline they can find on YouTube and anywhere uh, yep. they get their podcasts?
3: Yep, the punchline with uh, Kelly Pavlik and James Dominguez. We're on YouTube, um, Facebook Live, and I think uh, iTunes, you know, my producer. I'm not up to date with that technology shit, so he put it out there, I think, on um, iTunes as well. So, yeah, and then Pavlik, uh, Doc Kelly on Instagram making a push with that. You know, I'm I kind of the old school. It took me a while there with the Instagram, and finally I had somebody come along and say, Cal, you should, you know, this day and age, to be relevant, you got to kind of keep your Instagram up. So it's hard for me still to put content out there. I don't want to be corny or anything. So I'm, I'm giving the fans and then people boxing, you know, some tips and things like that. So it's pretty cool.
2: In your own words, just go have fun with it, man. That's what they all want to see. Just yeah, go right. have fun with it. <laughs> That's, that's what everyone wants to see on Instagram. It's what I want to see. Go fucking have fun yeah. with it. <laughs>
3: that's it. And I guess that's the way to get the,
2: the followers too. I guess so. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I got a team that helps you out with that shit.
3: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I I, I, what do you call it? Inf- a social media influencer. I, oh, you got,
2: got one, one of, one of those? those. I don't have one of those. I just have, a, I just, I, I just, I abuse our director and graphic designer here and, and ask him to do our social media as well.
3: <laughs> yeah and it's you know it's on me i got to find the content and then i i send it to her though so that way i don't mess it because you got to do like reels and then uh so many like live photo videos and this and that. i was like here i'll just send them to you yeah. and, and you do what you do what you want
2: you know <laughs> perfect perfect Everyone, go check that out again. Thank you so much, Kelly, for finally having this conversation with me. I cannot wait to do this in person. We gotta, we gotta hang out soon, man. I wanna, I wanna pick your brain. There's so much more we could have got into. We could do hey. it again with or without the cameras, but I wanna, hey, I wanna be. Hey, John, in yeah, I,
3: to I, I appreciate you so much, man. It was an honor, and yeah, anytime, man. Any questions or anything, you know, let me know.
2: All right, brother, I appreciate you.
3: So I appreciate it, man.
2: All right, cheers. Later. And that'll just about do it for this week's episode of Drinks with Johnny. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thanks to Kelly for being on the show. Man, I had such such an amazing time as a boxing fan to uh, kind of pick his brain here. I hope you guys enjoyed it as well. Kelly is a rad dude. We've been texting a lot. Uh, he showed me all the pictures. Ah, oh man, such a good dude, um, and I'm so glad to have met him. At the top of the show, I did address uh, the, the news that happened over this weekend a little bit. And uh, out of respect, as I said, and it's not to get you guys to listen to through the end. I'm just being honest with you. It's what I try to do here. Um, you know, I I didn't want you guys to listen through the end just to hear this. I was truly trying to be respectful for Kelly Pavlik um, and Trevor Moore and his family. Um, I don't want to just not talk about it because it He did touch me, um, as very brief as it was. A two hour conversation followed by text messages. We were supposed to be meeting for a beer a couple weeks ago. I will always remember talking to him while on my cell phone at the beach with my son playing in the water and my wife next to me. Um, Not just texting, but picking up the phone and talking to Trevor. Uh, knowing that we were, you know, that afternoon was we supposed to have a beer, and then, you know, it, it just it didn't work out, and we were like, oh, we'll we're, we're, we will reschedule it, a couple weeks, come out with a beer then. And this isn't a story of my long history with Trevor, or anything like that. I my my utmost respects and condolences go out to his true friends and family. Um, I just feel for the for all of them. I really do. The moments that I did spend with him again, albeit brief. he was a great dude. We had a real conversation. it wasn't just an interview. I know what it was. like we had a real conversation, and it was really he was in depth, he was awesome. We talked about mortality and we talked about his son that i just my heart sank when I got the news just because of his wife and and kid, you know. Again, I didn't know the man throughout his entire life, anything like that, and I'm not going to sit here and pretend to have known everything there was to be driven more because I'm sure there was so much to get to know. Even in that moment that I met him and started to befriend him, I can tell that this guy has really touched some people in life um, in a positive way, and I'm sure that they are all devastated and grieving right now and my heart goes out to them so fucking much. It just and it's just such an eerie feeling to have spoken to somebody, started a budding friendship, or what I thought was going to be a budding friendship. I don't know how it was going to end up, but we see it's one of those people you meet at a party and you just kinda like, I think I think I'm gonna be friends with this person. You get that feeling sometimes. And that was what I got from Trevor. And I'm sure he made a lot of people feel that way. And um, that's why I it that's why it's so eerie to me and why, you know, moments are precious. It's a family that is just grieving right now. And I've been there. Uh, you know, everyone's deals with it in different ways and it just it's 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 really painful to truly think about um for them. I, I, again, that's all I'm trying to be respectful for at this point, you know. Uh, Our conversation with Trevor doesn't, it's, it's not what's important, you know, guys. It's, uh, and that's why I've been really struggling with what I was going to say here. I'm glad I'm just doing it off the cuff right now and just, uh, kind of speaking my piece as a true human being, talking about another true human being that I had the pleasure for one brief moment of, I feel, getting to know a little bit and, uh it's it, it's just a very, very odd feeling, I guess. And it's the first time I'm feeling it from this this perspective. We've all dealt with death. We've all dealt with uh, loved ones and how that can make you feel. This is the first time I've felt it from this perspective. Um, and it's different. It's just different. And uh, it just really, again, condolences to the friends and family. I can't say that enough because that's that's all I'm thinking about right now uh that's the pain. The rest of it is fortunate, fortunate that I got to speak to him. Fortunate that I had that time, and we got a recording of it i mean i don't know I don't know what the significance of that is i don't, I don't pretend to go into that it's just it's eerie to have just started a friendship with someone that I looked up to you know, um, in so many ways. He's, as those of you who have listened to the episode, I and just just letting you know now, you don't need to go listen to the episode for that if, unless you want to know more about Trevor. But I watched one of his movies and was a fan of one of his movies. Whitest Kids You Know was probably the most famous thing he was for. And I watched a little bit of it, but the reason I didn't talk too much about it with him is because that wasn't what I was a fan of. Nothing against it; that's just not what I was a fan of. I was a fan of him as a solo. Um, you know, he, he did his stand up stuff, and uh, and he wasn't solo in Miss March, obviously. And um, condolences to Sam, Zach, the, all the guys. It, it's just it's a real shitty thing. Uh, for for those of us that are still here, but know that wherever he is i really truly hope well we can still get that beer together that we discussed and uh or maybe he's he 's pulling pranks um i don't know i don't pretend to know what happens after we go from this from this planet this whatever it is, but wherever it is i hope he's uh he's doing well and one day when I hopefully get to the same place, we can share a beer together. Um, I, I I'm gonna reach out uh, to his family because I really do. Again, it's it's not that I had this long lasting relationship with the dude, but I just I just feel for him and his his family so much. And I've never felt this before. To be completely completely honest. Um yeah, I just I, I don't even know what to say. I don't even, I'm rambling right now. I know I am, because I, I I I try to think of how I would say things, and nothing sounded right. And I just trying to talk uh, talk it through seemed like the right thing to do. I hope <laughs> I hope I retrospectively look at that and can say I'm glad I did that. I don't know. Man, I I, I just I, I feel really bad for the family. That's all I'm getting at, and uh, all respect to them. I really hope that uh, if there's anything I can do, if they set up a GoFundMe, anything like that, you can be sure. I'll be letting you guys know about it and uh, helping out in any way that I can to those that are still here with us. Um, But uh, I really hope to have that beer with you sometime, Trevor, if we can still do that, if that's a thing. I don't know, but if it is, I hope we can still do that together. Um, if not, I'm grateful to have had that time with you as it all be a brief. Um, I feel very fortunate to have had that conversation with you that we had and those text messages and whatever it was, everything. It was, uh, it meant something to me and I appreciate you. So thank you for that, for that moment. Thank you for your time. Um, yeah, guys, uh, that's pretty much it for this week. Um, I know I hit it a little heavy there. Uh, That's why I wanted to save it to the end. Uh, Out of respect for everybody and respect to the episode. Um, I want to leave you guys with a a piece from Trevor, though. If you listened through all all this, you wanted to hear all this, and you understand, and you're a big fan of Trevor Moore, as I am. So I want to leave you guys with one of his songs from his uh, stand-up, High in Church, and uh, it's one of the ones we talked about on an episode, uh, uh, Battle to Billy. And, uh, it just covers some social media stuff. I, I, I watched it. It's, it's, it's back from like 2013. So, um, not his most recent work, but something that I definitely enjoyed from his. And, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it as well. And, uh, tell the family, uh, God, I, if there's anything I can do, just let me know. Um, yeah. That's that's pretty much it guys. Here is here is uh, some of Trevor Trevor Moore's work. I Yeah. And I, and uh <laughs> I guess till next time guys uh I'll talk to you next week. I really appreciate every single one of you. Um thank you for giving me a place to just go off on that rant to be honest. I wasn't planning on that. But uh it felt good. So thank you for listening. Thanks to Trevor, thanks to Trevor's family. Love you guys. Cheers. Um, this, uh, this next song
0: is a, is a folk song that I just recently wrote. It's called uh, The Ballad of Billy John. When Billy John was a simple man, worked in the fields most his life. But provided for his wife and kids and left his dreams on the side. One day when the kids left home, Willie picked up his guitar. It had been a while, but his fingers still knew how to reach the heart He played a song about life and love, his hopes and regrets Then with a little prodding from the missus, he put it on the internet When the view started pouring in, tears of joy started to fall Then they scrolled to the comments section, and this is what they saw Eat a bag of shit, come face Go and blow your fucking head This shit just raped my ears Never heard nothing so bad I hope you fucking die And I hope you get AIDS You should just kill yourself You're a fag LOL game John's wife watched her husband as he shrugged and tried to smile He put his guitar away, stopped and stared at it for a while She knew he felt like a fool and he'd never play again So she turned on her webcam and let her message begin She said, the man you've heard tonight, I've watched for 35 years He's got a kind and gentle soul. And thanks to you, that soul's in tears. And the people said, shut the fuck up, fatty. Show us your tits. One out of ten, I wouldn't bang. I bet you try to eat your dick. You should go get sterilized so that you can't have kids. Then they photoshopped a bunch of pictures of her covered in (laughs) jibs Well, the video went viral 57 million hits Billy John's wife became a meme on the internet They played the clip on CNN and read tweets about her weight Cause I guess that's the sort of thing that the news does nowadays (laughs) Now Billy John and his wife did nothing wrong And they weren't dumb They just hadn't paid attention to what we'd all become And a couple weeks later, after avoiding it for some time A broken down and changed Billy John finally went back online he found a page of a blogger, still making fun of his wife. He signed up and made an account. And this is what he typed. Eat a bag of shit, cunt face. Don't blow your fucking dad. Your shit just raped my eyes. Never read nothing so bad. I hope you fucking die and I hope you get AIDS. And the world lost to Billy John and it gained more of the same.